This is Infants on Thrones. Hey everyone, Throwback Friday time. I can't believe that this episode is eight years old. It has now reached the age of accountability. It's so old now that it no longer shows up on our RSS feed. So if you're trying to get episodes on iTunes or some other podcasting device, uh, it's not going to be there anymore. But it's one of our top downloaded episodes from way back in the day. And um, we really got to get it back in the rotation because this Boyd K. Packer talk is just... Wow. Just... mm. I, I, I also think this is probably our first word-for-word, pick-it-apart-and-discuss-it smackdown before we even started calling these things a smackdown. So this was released in July 2014, and I still remember sitting in a hotel room on a business trip working through the whole Boycade Packer Too Sexy parody at the beginning of this. Anyway, it's just good times, throwback Fridays. I hope you enjoy. Little Factories. Of all the blessings that have come, the best thing in my life is the companionship and comfort I get from very young men. Why would our Heavenly Father do that to anyone? We raise an alarm. An alarm. An alarm. An alarm. I'm too sexy for wickedness. Too sexy for wickedness. It never was happiness. Happiness. I'm, I'm too sexy for compassion. Too sexy for compassion. So-called tolerance must be wrong. We cannot be happy, nor saved, nor exalted without fighting the gay lesbian movement. Growing numbers of people now campaign to make spiritually dangerous lifestyles legal and socially acceptable. Now, in the spirit of love and sympathy, I speak to you who may be struggling against temptations for which there is no moral expression. And the simple truth is, the penis of any individual bumps up against the penis of another. Do not yield. Cultivate the spiritual strength to resist all of your life, if need be, in the spirit of love and sympathy. Keep your covenants, and you'll be saved. Break them, and you will not. I'm too sexy for perversion. Too sexy for that substance. It might be likened to having a little factory in your body. One designed to produce that substance that can generate life. As you move closer to manhood, this little factory will sometimes produce an oversupply of this substance. The Lord has provided a way for that to be released. You on the catwalk? Yeah, you on the catwalk? Yeah. I shake my little push on the catwalk. There are some circumstances in which young men may be tempted to handle one another. Sometimes this begins in a moment of idle foolishness when boys are just playing around. When a young man is finding his way into manhood, such experiences can misdirect his normal desires and pervert him. No one is predestined to a life of perversion. I repeat very plainly, physical mischief with another man is forbidden. I'm too sexy for the devil, too sexy for sympathy. 
compassion, physical mischievousness, penis, and to sexy or men, to sexy or masculine, manly men, men, and to sexy or infants on thrones. This is infants on thrones. Philosophies of men mingled with little factory substance. We are the core. Yeah, we're not mingled with little factory substance. I, I don't know, maybe we are. Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Ostland, and today you are in for a real treat. In 1976, our favorite apostle, Boyd K. Packer, gave a talk that has been uh, legendarily known as the Little Factory Talk. I mean, I'd, I'd heard of it before. I knew kind of what it was about, but I'd never actually listened to the thing or really read it until about a week ago. So uh, today, uh, we're going to walk you through it. It's uh, myself and Tom, Matt, and Jake, and uh, we're just going to jump right into the thing. So hang on. It's going to be a fun one. I, I think there's I think there's interesting things in here to talk about above and beyond like the crazy stuff. Oh, absolutely, I agree. So no, I was surprised at how yeah. There's there's I agree with you. There's a lot there. Yeah. Did you did you listen to it, Matt, or did you just read it? No, I listened to it. I, I listened to it uh, twice actually uh, today. Yeah. Twice. Wow, you, you've got a strong stomach. W- was it familiar to you, Matt? Because we, we we talked about this earlier, uh, but. Was this something that you had in your youth, or you just had no, heard of it vaguely? I had heard of it. I yeah. had a friend who was an who was an older friend, um, and he he first introduced me to it. Just just told me about it because we were talking. I think when I first came across Pullman, mm. I said, "Well, yeah, this is the first time they've ever edited." It. And he said, "Well, actually, there's a talk that they never published in the Ensign." Um, but that they published just as a pamphlet later, and he started telling me how as, as a uh, when he heard it, it was just everyone was just kind of looking around like this is really weird. And he told me about the little factory thing yeah. and, and kind of that, and so I, I was familiar with it just just from that, and then that caused me to kind of go look, try to find the pamphlet, and just just for for more shits and giggles than anything else. So I was familiar with the little factory reference. But that was pretty much it. Yeah, and what what I can't figure out is the the pamphlet thing. Is that a demotion, or is that a spotlight? Because I think it's a, I think it's a spotlight personally. Yeah, That's what I, I mean because you you would you would think it wasn't published in Ensign with all of the other talks, um, and it's it's not available on. Uh, LDS.org, probably because they don't want people to do to it what we're going to do to it. But <laughs> but uh, but then they shine the spotlight on it with this pamphlet that was released. I, I mean, the one that I have, it's copyright 1976, but I think that's just the the talk. And the, uh, the pamphlet came out maybe 80, 81. And then there's another one that you can find on LDS.org as a, like under the booklets and pamphlet section. It's not under the, the general conference talks, but it, it's given 1994. So maybe it was reissued in 94. Hmm. Um, well, it's interesting because it's this, it's this weird... Uh, you know they're they're distancing from it. They recognize that they had something that was fairly hmm, explosive, right? That they couldn't put in the ensign for public consumption because it was pretty graphic. Yeah. 
you know, under, under certainly under Mormon standards. But so they didn't put it in there. But at the same time, they thought, "Wow, this is really important stuff to give to the to the young to men." The so mm. and so that was their, I, I guess their their their, their kind of um, rationale. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Their compromise. It, it 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 makes sense putting it that way, but it's still. Uh, and and I also heard echoes of the the 2010, you know, inflammatory. Why why would our love and heavenly Father do such a thing? You know that that that's right in here. It's <laughs> yeah. it, it's you know, it, where he says that uh, no one, no one is has predestined a for yeah or, yeah not not predilection. But predestined. <laughs> predestined. Yeah. <laughs> Predilection means a, a little bit more relish and zeal than, than just predestined. But anyway, um, so let's, let's get right to it. Their president and priesthood session only, brother. <laughs> <laughs> We're not. If you, if you read it like that, we don't have to go through any of this. I approach the subject. They cannot appropriately be. I, I'll lose my voice after the first paragraph oh, if I do gosh. that. It's like it sounds like Columbo, like a like a weird version of Columbo. It sounds like Froggy. Hey, yeah. do, do you remember Froggy from the Little Rascals? Why don't you want to buy some of our lemonade? I don't have no money, and besides, it's too hot in here. Froggy. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, okay, so. Um, he says, you know, they're, they're present in priesthood session, only brethren. I approach a subject that could not appropriately be discussed if others were present. Why? Why couldn't it be appropriately discussed if others were present? Well, I think he's assuming, like, women. Maybe women he's a prophet, and he's looking forward to the day when Kate Kelly's going to lead the ordained women movement, and he's saying, uh-uh, ladies, this would not be appropriate for you. Do you think that's This happening? is why we need to exclude women it is. from We're just protecting them from us. Yeah, because they don't want they don't want to know what goes on, you know, beneath the belly buttons for us guys. Their factories are completely different than ours. Oh yeah, so. yeah. Their factories are more like fun houses. <laughs> it's like a ball pit. <laughs> Your body is one to wall. Or whatever. <laughs> I was mixing songs oh there, buddy. <laughs> that was horrible. And few times have I desired so earnestly to be sustained by the Spirit of the Lord as I discuss a subject that fathers should discuss with their sons. Because some young men do not have fathers, and because some fathers and some bishops do not know how to proceed, I approach a very personal subject, one that is important to every young man. Okay, that part. (laughs) Yeah. What a... What an a-hole. Only I can do this. So many fathers and even bishops are just absolutely fall short and cannot uh, cannot follow their stewardship to talk to boys how they're supposed to. So it's left to me, the almighty Oz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't, don't you worry about it, you guys that are dropping the ball. I'll pick up the ball. I got this. Yeah, I'm going to show right. you how to do it. Well, I... The the thing that jumped out to me there was that he calls it a personal subject. And, like, yeah, maybe he just means that it's very sensitive and personal to people. But maybe, yeah. like, I get the sense as I read this later that this is actually quite personal to him. Because he's... Hey, what are you trying to apply there, Glenn? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, but but he he seems he seems to understand the mentality that he's speaking out against a little too intimately. 
for just chance. That's that's my take on it. Anyway. Young man, you have been given a mortal body with which to experience earth life. Through it, you will be tested. Your body is the instrument of your mind and the foundation of your character. I think that's an important thing to talk about right there. That your body is the instrument of your mind. You know, like we've, we've talked about this whole dualism, materialism thing. Spelled out pretty clear there. That you have a mind that is separate from your body and your body is the instrument of your mind. So your mind is like the little guy in the brain that's controlling everything. And like, I want to reach out and grab the salt and your arms reaching out to grab the salt. Is that how you guys read that? That your body is the, the instrument of your mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you why do you have a problem with that? I don't have a problem. I just think it's, Oh, I, I think to, to understand where he's coming from, you know, the things that he's going to say later, you know, you got to ground it in this worldview. A very, very dualist worldview in that your body, like your mind isn't your body. Well, but if you think of it as if the spirit that, you know, is inside your body right. is that's the little machine that's controlling this external mortal shell. Yeah. That, yeah, it, I mean, the it's just reacting to what the soul or spirit is telling it to do. So, yeah. Well, and it just, it just reflects such myopia and uh, just the complexity of mental disorders, personality disorders, behavioral don't, disorders. Don't bring, don't bring in the exceptions, Matt. <laughs> those yeah, well, don't, and that's those don't exist. And that's exactly the point. In Mormonism, it, it, it requires the idea of the best possible scenario in order to work. But if you have depression, you have anxiety, you have uh, – or hell, in this case, you know, if your body's an extension of your mind, what if you're physically handicapped? What's that to say to – uh, you know, to, to other people in, who are hearing this and really taking that, what does that mean for them? He's just, just the, again, such, such myopic viewpoint of the world and not realizing that he's talking to a larger audience than just the 12 kids that he's really thinking of that are doing stuff. I, I don't, I don't know because he says you'll be tested through your body and that, that, in, that could include infirmities, disabilities, uh, depression, you know, the, 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 that kind of mental trauma. That could You're be right. a test. He, he, he might think that you can overcome those issues, Matt, without, you know, having well, medication or professional services. So, And I think that that's, that's, I think that's why um, Glenn framing it in that way is important, flame, framing it in... Did you say I was flaming it? Fla- he was flaming it. <laughs> he was framing it importantly in, in uh, explicitly stating that it's part of a dualistic mind view. Because if you view your body as a piece of hardware, right. for which you know if it's if it's the number two pencil for which to take this test of life, um, then you know then then asking you to give up some of the the desires of the flesh if you're you know if you have same sex attraction or something like that isn't as big of a deal because it's just you know it's just like a piece of hardware and you'll get a new one later yeah and it also paves the way for things that he says later um you know that that uh, uh what what was that quote that you're not predestined for perversion you know that that per, a perversion is a perversion of the mind right but the mind is pure and and our our quest here in mortality is to keep our spirit and our mind as pure as possible while all of this physical world is trying to uh degrade it you know the natural man is an enemy to god and all that well what are the two most important things that you that you have to protect against is related to your body sex stuff and 
um, Word of Wisdom. Those are the two kind of what desires of the flesh. Yeah. And so it's definitely related to, to that as well. I think. Well, so he, he, he says, he also says that, you know, your body's the instrument of your mind and the foundation of your character. Now, what does that mean? That, that I don't know. That your body is the foundation of your character. Ooh, boy. Cause what oh, if you do have disabilities in that case, but is that, is know? that going to like the, the, you know, what will eventually become the proclamation of the family that, you know, gender is eternal. And so your body, because you're a boy and you've got a penis, that that is the foundation of your character. That might be, that actually might be, that makes sense to me that, yeah, he's might, he might be emphasizing gender roles here. I don't know. See, I took it as your character uh, is related to whether or not you can actually overcome these things with your body. That good people, virtuous people, uh, follow this way, and you you, ha- you have good character if you you'd have good you have good character if you do these these things related to your body. Which, again, a, a very myopic view of what it means to to have character. So if you lie, you do other things. That's less. That's much lesser than if you act out with your body yeah that's how i read that yeah Mm. okay it has within it powers which if properly used will contribute greatly to your exaltation if you use this gift worthily it will serve you throughout all eternity never be ashamed of your body never be ashamed of your body you like the way that he says body it's like mr rogers did it, like right? Isn't that kind of weird the way that he says body? Did you guys think that? Like in the talk, you mean? Yeah, the way that he pronounces body. Yeah, I didn't catch it either. Sorry, go it, it's it's like he's talking to little kids at that point. Body. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just like they use a potty. Yeah, <laughs> a potty. Potty. A potty. Your body. Okay. All right. No two are just alike. Some young men worry because they think their body is not well proportioned. Oh, that's classic. This is this is actually my favorite. I love this part. Yeah, this is Yeah, but I part. thought when he starts doing that, I thought I really and I know it's there's no way he could have been going there, but I really thought he was dealing with like size, you know, like <laughs> Really? Why would that even cross your mind, Matt? I didn't think <laughs> Why of that would at it all. Cross Matt's mind? <laughs> right. Because I knew the little factory, and I was just—it was really more, you know—I was predisposed towards. Okay, this is about masturbation. So once he starts talking about proportion, right. I'm just thinking, uh, I just jump right there. Yeah. So anyway, also Matt fun. drives a big old truck, so you know what that means. Do you? Do you drive a big truck? <laughs> That's not true. With I have, I have absolutely zero care about cars. Yeah, I don't either. If that says anything, Jake, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, also has, he also has big feet. He, get, he catches drift. Yeah. Ooh. I, I I don't care about cars either, as long as I can put those like big lug nut ball things on the back of them. What are the <laughs> right on the back of my Prius? Right on the back of my Prius. Yeah, the, like right. Put car testicles on the back car of my nuts. Prius. Yeah. Yeah. Car nuts. Dude, I'll drive around in a little pink uh, VW Bug. I don't care. Wow, you are cool. That's right, because I've got a big wang. All right. <laughs> well, well-proportioned, we'll call it that. Well-proportioned. Right. They think they are too short or too tall or too stout or too thin or too something else. Like bent. <laughs> or uncircumcised. <laughs> yeah, wormy. Too much skin, anteater. <laughs> you hooded bandits out there. Physical proportions need to have little to do with success, particularly spiritual success. 
Be grateful to your body. Body. Okay, so so like no, that like is a good message. It's yeah. a it's an absolutely good message because he's bringing he's bringing the self esteem up for all those kids that are having, you know, uh, self esteem issues. Like, oh look, I, uh, I I'm overweight or I'm too short. Yeah, I'm, or, I, I don't know what the problem is. Nobody likes me. I'm gonna go eat worms. You know, so. in the actual talk, he was like pointing at the fat kid on the front row. <laughs> like this kid right here has nothing to be ashamed about. You can sit down now. <laughs> You too no, no, no. He, successful. I mean, yeah, I he, no, he, he elder bednar him. He, he was yeah. like, get up. And then <laughs> give him right. a big old <laughs> hug from behind. Very yeah. awkward hug, yeah. Here, right. Here's a hostess cherry pie. Are you going to take it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Look at me. All I was was a seminary teacher, and look at me now. <laughs> it is, it is kind of like that. He's kind of like patting himself on the back, right? Right. This isn't, but... Yeah, it's another example of self-aggrandization by uh, kind of talking like you're you're addressing humble things. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but but I agree. I mean, I think in to be fair, this is a good message to give to, to youth and, and to, to, to men to women alike. That's that's a good message. It's yeah. Just, so this is this pamphlet isn't full of just straight shit. There are some good. Well, things. it's coming. Oh, yeah. Right. Develop your body to full and useful capacity. Develop manly stamina and control. Why manly? Wait, was that really in there? Yeah. Well, here's the thing, and I kind of figured this out after we recorded this. Um, You know, we we were reading from the pamphlet uh, as we were having this conversation, and I'm just overdubbing the actual conference talk uh, over the top of it. But there are some things that are in the pamphlet that weren't in the actual conference talk. So when you hear me reading uh, what what Packer's saying, that's because it's coming from the pamphlet, uh, and it wasn't actually in the conference talk. So I don't know why... He would emphasize in the pamphlet this manly issue when he didn't say it otherwise. But there are a few things that were added for the 1981 pamphlet that weren't in the original 1976 talk. So kind of interesting. Anyway, back to the conversation. Because he, does, he doesn't want you to run. He doesn't want you running with your arms flailing around. Yes. No, and this comes this comes up later and you, you'll get there. But but point out, notice that he says this at this point. And then highlights it later. This idea of masculinity being of such importance. Yeah. This yeah. This is the first glimmer of homophobia coming out right here. Yeah, manly. I, what, did I? I I I, I got to say that I'm I maybe I'm looking at the wrong place, but I don't see manly. Is this from the pamphlet? I'm looking on the. Uh, are you looking on LDS.org? No. Okay, I'm looking on the PDF. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I the, the 1976 PDF. But that would be interesting if, like, you guys were reading the uh, LDS.org as we went along and pointed out any uh, differences. No, mine's the shitty LDS hyphen Mormon, and it's like old 1995 internet. So I mean, it's it's like all the, it's all weird. You know, it's all aerial and. Well, now I want to know if the original audio says "develop manly." No, it does. It does. It does. Okay. Uh, no, it, it, it doesn't. <laughs> there, my, walk, my wife walked by bottomless, and I told her the camera was on, and she freaked out. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Sorry. All right. <clears throat> 
I was going to say something about the manly stamina control. I don't remember now. A young man should learn to rule his body, body. like his like temper. His temper. <laughs> he should keep it always under complete control. What an interesting, interesting phrase. Rule your body like your temperature, not control. Well, he does say control later, but that's just a weird turn of phrase to rule it. Yeah. Well, but it's, well, your, it, you, it's your instrument. You're, you're the mind. You're the captain. You've got to keep your body in control. Well, and he does, he uses anger and temper instead of any other analogy, which I thought was yeah. interesting. I mean, to me, that sounds like a, a glimpse into his soul. There, <laughs> he might oh, have yeah. ang- he might have anger issues. Yeah, right. Because oh. there are there are other emotions that he could have uh, made the analogy with. Yeah, like rather hunger, than, rather than anger, or yeah, like hunger, or yeah. you know, excessive happiness, well, or whatever. No, that's really that's really interesting because at what point, you know, this idea that you can use anger righteously or correctly, what an interesting juxtaposition. Whereas your body, you do you. There's so much that you do positive with your body, but there's there's really nothing you do real positive with anger. Well, later on, he does. With the no, with the missionary, you're, no, you're, story. you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So, Don't, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Okay. No, but but it is this. What what insight into this guy? Yeah. Into this exactly. Guy's personality. Right. It's a microscope into him, um, and and that he says sometimes that sometimes is not easy to do. Really? I don't. I well, don't really have a problem with it. Well, because yeah, we all have the same uh, problems that he has apparently. Exactly. Within your body, you have the power of creation. You will one day find a mate. Aye, aye. <laughs> arr, arr. <laughs> Matey. Shiver me timber, A reference to the one-eyed pirate. Yeah. <laughs> and desire greatly to express fully your love with her. The righteous expression of this physical love in marriage is approved of the Lord. Isn't that good news? Weren't you glad when you heard that to know that the righteous expression is approved of the Lord? Like he's he's given his stamp of approval. It's all right. Yeah, he's got he's got the right. No, I, I like that he That's says true. you can you can express fully of your love, which includes anal. No, no, that's not the righteous <laughs> expression. Oh but it's fully. How am I going to go around the world? <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Be, be, uh. Here's how you know. The next thing that he says. She may then conceive and give birth to a boy or a girl, a baby, of whom you will be the father. This is a very sacred power. The Lord has commanded that you use it only with one to whom you are legally and lawfully wedded. And he has decreed serious penalties indeed for the misuse of it. Where? Where? Like this is what do you such, mean where? Yeah, where, well, where has he command? I mean, first of all, where has he commanded you to use only with one whom you're legally and lawfully wedded? Where is this that? Is the, this is the adultery. It's in the Ten Commandments, Glenn. This is adultery he's talking about. It's right under murder. Adultery. What do you mean where? Yeah, the Book of Mormon, man. Save you know, this is the worst thing except for not being Mormon and murder. Okay, so what, what are the series? Okay, it's okay, not okay, the okay, Nine okay, Commandments, you got, Glenn. You got, me, you, got me, you got me. I got it. Okay, you got me. Okay. He's just listening out. <laughs> I'm just listening. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just listening out. <laughs> All right. So what are these serious penalties that have been decreed? Like, really, what's going to happen? AIDS? Well, uh... Um, what about the temple? You can say it. Go ahead. 
I don't remember what it says. It's something you'll be given over to buffetings of Satan in the flesh or something. But didn't you already suffer the buffetings of Satan in the flesh and that's why you did it? Or, or buffetings is what? Oh, buffetings is anal. <laughs> no, yeah, <man. laughs> no, that's buttoning. Oh, okay. Um, what about, okay, so the, the, the sin next to murder, those are the penalties. If there are penalties. That, but that's, just a high, that's just like Bob's Mormon cred scale of wickedness, like a hierarchy of sins. It doesn't say what's going to happen to you. Like he's, well, he says here's the, there's decreed serious penalties. Like you've got to sit in the penalty box. Well, I think I think it's one of those things where if you knew how serious of a penalty it would be, you would you'd be scared straight forever. <laughs> if right, that right, was right, the right, case, right, exactly. If that was the case, he'd say it. If right. you, no, if you knew it would be too easy. Does. Yeah, it's what yeah, a parent does. You don't want to know what's going to happen if you do that again because I haven't figured it out either. And believe, and believe you me, it scares me just thinking It's going to be bad. It's going to yeah. be bad. This power begins early in life with someone you are hardly in your teens. This has a purpose. For with this power come the attributes of manhood. Even if you're circumcised. It, no, okay. it doesn't say that. No, I was saying manhood. Oh. Never mind. Uh, okay. <laughs> I get it now. I get right, it right, 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 right. right over my head. Uh, 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 that's, that's what your hood does. Keep <laughs> the euphemisms. It's a foreskin joke. <laughs> you notice the changes in your stature, in your voice, a beard, and other masculine characteristics become part of your nature. Yeah. A beard. That's another gay reference. (laughs) Okay, you're right. A bear, a cougar, (laughs) and other masculine characteristics become part of your nature. So I got to tell you guys, when when I was like 12 years old and I got pit hair, you couldn't keep a shirt on me at scout outings. Like I, I was walking around with my hands up over my head, just letting my armpit hair out for the whole world to see. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm kind of a man now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, hey, where's your armpit hair? Because <laughs> you didn't, you didn't want to be the last scout in the shower that didn't have pubes. There, well, yeah. See, there was there was a kid in our scout troop, and he he made it to almost 16 without a single pube, oh. and he was humiliated. Yeah, right. About that. All right. True story. All right. And you know it's a true story because I just said. Okay. True story. <laughs> Luckily, the clue's in the title. Right. Uh, mission companion, he's 21, getting ready to go home, or 20, almost 21, getting ready to go home, and we're in there, and he calls me in, and he says, I, you know, I'm noticing, he's like, can you, will you, do you mind looking down there? Is this normal? And... <laughs> This poor kid. He just—he is the prototypical nerd. Like if you wrote a character, any cartoon character, this is who you would draw: red hair, skinny, big nose, his his uh, curly hair, his glasses, uh, pants up to his you know up to almost his his uh, his his nipples. Just the prototypical nerd. And we're like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay, let me you know, let me see. And he shows me. I'm like, no, dude, you you got pubes. And he was so happy. Wait, so he you, you looked so at, you, happy. So he just pulled down his pants, and you looked 
I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Right. No, I was but, I, but I'm curious, like the level of the level of trust there. That just indicates a huge level of trust that he was like, hey, look at my genitals and tell me if this is normal. Is that yeah, kind of what happened? Yeah, it, re- it really was. And here's a funny thing is I, I was perceived and still have this perception of being an a-hole jock, you know, this and that. But I, we, he and I really connected. He was a, he was a good guy. I was I was pretty, you know, I did, never picked on him, never, you know, I, I just accepted him for how he was. He was kind of a nerdy, quiet kid. But, you know, and so he really did trust me quite a bit because of, of that and the way I treated him with respect and, and with kindness just because of that. So, yeah, I think he respected me or at least trusted me. And, and yeah, it was... Yeah, it was, hey, way to go, man! Touch. That's 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 yeah, great. Yeah, but it was way to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 thing, man. The dude was twenty-one, and he's just now getting pubes. Yeah. Well, let's let's be honest. If any of us had Matt as the missionary companion, we'd all drop trial for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just one look at that pink bicycle flag in the basket that he was yeah. riding around with, going, "Look how manly I am!" Like, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Well, so you're saying my grooming's been working on you, Tom. Just wait till I get up to Utah. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I mean, I'm, I'm marking the days off, man. Uh, All right. Anyway. Like th- this, this is this is good fun mischief among boys, but um, he's that that's going to become bad in a few minutes here. Oh, good oh yeah. Point. Your feelings also change. The physical power will influence you emotionally and spiritually as well. It begins to shape you to fit and to look and to feel. And to be what you need to be as a father. And, and like right now, he's using father as a euphemism for a, a sexually active male, right? That's what, yeah, that's what he means by yeah, father. Yeah, necessarily. Oh, oh, well, you have well, kids, uh, therefore you've done it. No, but he's saying it begins to shape and fit you to look and feel to do what you need to be to be a father. Well, the, the entire talk takes as a given that the purpose of sex is procreation. There's no point at which... From what I remember, there's no point at which he says, oh, sex also has this purpose in expressing intimacy between couples. Every time he mentioned the actual acts of sex, it's always followed by a reference to procreation, fatherhood, motherhood, that type of thing, families. That's probably been his experience with it. Oh, absolutely. But this is back in the day. So this is 76 where the idea of things like oral sex and condoms are at least – frowned upon are you know you have references to those from from him and from uh, McConkie so so this is definitely in that very catholic world of you know you should only be having sex for procreative purposes okay i remember what i was going to say earlier when we were talking about the manly reference uh, J- jake do you, you probably heard me tell the story i don't know if the other guys have there is a there's a guy in our ward that spoke with a very distinct lisp you know if you talk with this person you just think all right i you know i've seen that lisp somewhere before right and he was giving uh are you saying he's fabulous he 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 seems Fabulous in certain ways, right? But so, are you saying effeminate? Is that what you're saying? I just said a lisp. You said effeminate. So, (laughs) so like you turned it around on me. I I just, I'm just, I'm just stating the obvious. So, (laughs) he's ordaining his son to the priesthood, and we're doing it in you know priesthood session, general priesthood session before we break into quorums. And in the blessing, he says, "I I bless you that you will not be a wussy." Because the Lord does not like wussies. Oh. I do remember that. I remember this. Well, you didn't. You he weren't said, there. He actually said that Wait, in there. You, you, you remember hearing me tell you the story because it was before you were around. 
Are you sure? Uh-huh. Unless he did okay. it with another one. All right. Well, maybe maybe I because yeah. he has a very distinct voice. Maybe I just yeah. imputed the fact that he had said yeah. that to my own memory. No, it, but anyway, it, it was, you know this guy. It was it was before I left for Japan. Oh, okay. But um, right. so, so so we were talking earlier about how important it is to be manly and masculine. I, I think that's still around. But you know, with with this guy in particular, and with others, you know, you, you kind of wonder: did they possibly lean that direction? But because of what the church says, they controlled it and they mastered it and they got married and they're approaching sex exactly the way that Packer is talking about doing it here. It's for procreation. It's part of God's plan. It's part of being Mm -hmm. sacred. It's part of your mind mastering your body. And, you know, this is the perspective that Packer is coming from and he's speaking to it with such authority <laughs> that it just makes me wonder hmm? yeah well, well but this is something that continues on yeah in in the 2000s i knew a kid in our ward who's crazy i mean just you know at, at 10 years old you're like that the kid's gay and it turns out he is and he's embraced it and he's a nice kid um but the bishop's advice was uh, kind of to the to the to the other young men in the ward were you know we need to help butch him up you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. See, this ma- this makes me sad because it's 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 essentially saying to those that are in the closet, stay there, stay in right. the closet. What, what he's saying to them, what Packer's message right. is, yeah. It just ma- it's ma- and it fake it better, sad. but yeah, fake it better. But if yeah, it makes me sad, and and I, I don't want anybody to to misunderstand why I'm saying this. I'm not trying to say, ha ha, Packer, you're gay too, you're a closet gay, ha ha ha. What I'm trying to say is, if if he was, it makes much more sense why this is such a, a pressing issue for him. Why, you know, if, if this is something that he's actually experienced in his life and feels like he's been able to master, he wants to share it with other people, because he feels like this is what you've got to do to be righteous, I I, I feel a little bit more sympathy for him and for the the, the positions that he's coming from. I, I feel well, bad for him, like you were saying, Tom, but but I understand it a little bit better. But, but you, it sounds like you're you're indirectly or directly implying that he might be in the closet. And I've heard these rumors and rumblings before. I don't necessarily subscribe to that. I think I've heard the and another rumor that he might be asexual. I kind of lean towards that a little, well, a little bit more than he might be in the closet. I, I, I don't know, but I, I, I don't. I'm not going to say in the closet so much, but just if he had, if he had those inclinations, if he had same sex attraction, and recognized that it was wrong, if if, well, if he had his own Steve Blaine when he was younger, and I were close as two friends could be. One thing led to another. Soon I would discover I was having really strange feelings for Steve. And, and we'll get to this later because it, it, yeah. it to, to me it, 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 it becomes a little takes bit, a right turn here in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it, it, it right, becomes right. a little bit more obvious. To, but but I'm I'm just saying I I think when he's talking about you know masculine characteristics becoming part of your nature and you know all these things I I think it's it's an important issue to him. I, I, it's obvious it's an important issue to him. I, I, I'm, I'm saying why. It is, it, it, it is. But let me let, let me just say this. There are a lot of very heterosexual straight males that are very homophobic that would have said the same thing. So, yeah. All right. Well, okay. Well, I, 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 I do agree that, that out of the – sure, in, in a conversation about homosexuals, they would probably say the same thing. Yes. This talk was was – 
you know, hammered out from the ground up by him. He chose the topic. He chose all of the things he needed to hit on. I'm sure, sure. that a lot of, of heterosexual straight men that will react that way when confronted with the with the idea of homosexuality or with gay related topics. But I know very few that come out of nowhere and say, you know, what is terrible about gay people is it just doesn't happen that much. It's not even on their mind. It's not. It, I don't know. It's not really in their. It's not in their. Yeah, well, purview of what 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 comes to mind when they think, oh, what's really important to talk about right now? But he's talking about puberty and these creative powers, yeah. and right here he does this weird little kind of uh, yeah. of oh, by the way, you got to be kind of manly and kind of butch it up and be be masculine. There is only one way, and if you cook and if you like music and if you're sensitive, that's not you know you need to have a temper and a temper that you can control. I mean, it's well, really this drumbeat of of, and that's a weird place to be, given what he's laid the foundation for his talk of creative powers, puberty, controlling your body. I'll concede all those points. I just, I just want to state that I know, or I've known, very straight homophobic men that have this tough guy persona that would have said the same sort of thing. So it doesn't directly imply that he might be. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the, the, reason, the reason I even went here, Tom, is because the way that he describes a relationship with a woman is very textbook. You know, it, it, it doesn't seem like it's real. It, it's like well, that's what you're supposed to say, and, and it's, you know, to, to Jake's She's your point, mate. What does he refer yeah. to us for your mate? Your, your mate. Um, you know, he, he, does, he does go on to say this, that you become very interested in young women. You want to be with them. This is as it should be. But even then, this is as it should be. It seems like he's convincing himself. You know, it just maybe. Right. But I think I think it's you not might a given. Read, I think you might be reading into it. That's I, all I'm saying. I, not yet. I am, Wait, well, it gets better. Tom, well, yeah, let's, let's, am, let's get let's get to where we were because right now we're speculating about stuff that's going to happen. Let's just talk yeah, about yeah. it and then we'll and then we'll get there. <laughs> By the way, great great scene. And have you seen the movie In and Out with? Uh, yeah, is it In and Out with uh, Kevin Klein where he's oh. Uh, where he's a gay, he, they 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 he, they think he's a gay teacher, and it turns out he is gay, and he has this whole he buys this album of how to butch it up. Great scene. I mean, it's, you guys should at least YouTube that. It's it's classic where they're the 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 the, the self help tapes trying to help him butch butch it up the way he talks and walks and yeah. the things he should be interested in. Is well, classic. I, I just watched the Birdcage with my kids, and there's that scene where Robin Williams is trying to teach Nathan Lane how to be butch, and it's just oh, a disaster. That's, a great, <laughs> that's great funny. Movie. Um, but but just to your point, Tom, I, I want to acknowledge I am absolutely reading into this. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so let's go on. What you're saying is you have not had a homosexual encounter with Boyd K. Packard personally. No, <laughs> I, nor do I know anyone who has. No, I, 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 I'm I, I'm just doing a textual analysis here. That, that that's all, and it, I could be way completely off. I'm, uh, and 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 the only reason I'm doing it is because it. it it makes me feel a little bit more sympathy for him and for his messages. So that, that's all. Fair enough. It affects your life several years before you should express it fully. You must always guard this power with manly wisdom. With what kind of wisdom? Manly. You must wait until your marriage to use it. During that waiting, what do you do with these desires? My boy, you are to control them. You are forbidden to use them now in order that you may use them with worthiness and virtue and with a fullness of joy 
at the proper time in your life. A little condescending there. My boy. My boy. Yeah. It's young men and, only. And so strong. You're forbidden. Like, that's a strong word. Well, it's a sin. Yeah. It's... <laughs> Why, why, why do you take such offense to that? I mean, if because I've always lumped this in the same category with adultery, and I'm like, yeah, this is like, I mean, if I really abuse this power, I might as well murder someone because it's the next level up. I, I, I get that. I, I just, like, where I am now, I just feel like it's so, uh, it, it's... It's so unnatural. It's so uh, which which you yeah. would say yes because the natural man is an enemy of God, right? But it's just it's just so unhealthy to to grow up thinking that way. And and you know like the whole thing about waiting until your your wedding night to use it. Like I totally bought into that, and so like I was expecting fireworks on my wedding night. That oh finally I've you know. I've not had sex because I wasn't supposed to, and now I am when I am supposed to, and so because of that, the Lord's going to bless me. And it was all right. It wasn't. It wasn't what I was expecting. It wasn't what I had seen in the movies. You know, it wasn't anything I had any clue what to do or how to do it well. You know, it just right. Well, that's that sounds like a very common experience. I mean, you walk into the hotel room with this itchy trigger finger and a completely loaded gun, and yeah, you expect fireworks, and then it's kind of you guys are bumping around each other and like, oh, what's going on? You, oh, would this go here? Okay, oh, oh that was weird. It's yeah, not till it, it's not till a week or a month later where you're like, now nah, it's getting good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have no, it, it, it goes exactly the way you would expect something really complicated that you've only done for one you've, you're doing for the first time to go. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, but, but doesn't, doesn't this perpetuate the, the, it builds it up more yeah, than it, it, it be? definitely builds. Yeah. It builds up the idealization of, of, uh, marital sex to just a, an, un, an unhealthy level where, you don't. I, I don't think that this is. This isn't about hedging your expectations at all. Right. This is all about just postpone all of your desires, all that angst, all that desire. Just load it onto this one experience when you're at your most vulnerable and least experienced. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and and I will concede the point too when he says you are forbidden to use this to use them now or whatever. He doesn't say you shouldn't use them. He says you are forbidden. So that is uh, superlative. Hey, Bob. Well, it's it's just it's just really strong, and so yeah. I, I can't I can't speak to the people who goofed up and did have sex before marriage, and then had to deal with all the guilt that that this kind of a mindset would have. But I imagine that would be just way more than you actually need to feel. Like it's a like, lot like, of yeah. fucking guilt, dude. Like to, like to, yeah. to me, if you're going to teach kids about sex, and I've got teenage daughters, <laughs> and you know my son is ten, like what I want to teach them is how to be smart and how to be responsible and how to be yeah. safe, you know, right. not, right. not just like God master in the sky has forbidden you to ever do this. And there's dire penalties that have been assigned. If you ever do, you know, ah, oh, I just keep me away from that kind of messaging. It's just, it, I, I well, hate that, it. I, well, that's, that's what's, that's what's so ridiculous about having a, uh, a morality that's based on the idea of sin where there's some unquantifiable unseen you know metaphysical impact for the for the actions that you're doing outside of 
let's let's look at the impact let's you know something that's quantifiable something that's measurable in this life you're attributing all of that angst and all of that guilt to some metaphysical unquantifiable thing so there's no way to really reconcile with it because it doesn't exist it can't be really grasped because it exists in this weird unseen realm yeah i think well, it's and, really and I, damaging I'm, I'm purely speculating here but i think one of the reasons why the stds are so high in the state of utah is because if they're going to commit sex they're probably dealing with the guilt is probably the on the forefront of their minds they're not really worrying about pregnancy or stds are like we're committing this act and this is a horrific act we're both now major major sinners stds and pregnancies one of the least things we need to worry about at this point yeah and that's i mean that's they don't plan for it. It happens. So yeah. when it does happen, they're not prepared. But it's a consequence well, of, of sin, right? Well, there, there's a reason that there – I mean, statistically, you are more likely – areas that, that predominantly teach um, abstinence-only sex education have higher incidence of, of teen pregnancy, Right. And that is because that's because this non this unplanned this ultra stigmatized metaphysical impact of what you're doing just destroys your your ability to do it to I don't know evaluate it and approach it in any sort of way that's responsible or mature or rational at all. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah, I'm with you, Glenn. The, right. This this mentality is scary. So so now you, now you understand why I'm responding a little strongly to it. I've understood understood the whole way of it, yeah. But that's not to say that there aren't real real reasons to talk to kids about why they shouldn't have sex and why they should, that they're too young emotionally Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and other things. And it's, so that's, that's, that's where people lose sight. It's like, Oh, so you don't believe in, in that as sin. So why even, you, you know, how do you teach your kids to, uh, you know, chastity lessons? Well, I teach my kids chastity lessons because there are real consequences to it, both physically, emotionally, um, you, you know, and we go through it and we have that conversation. Now I want to know this, what these chastity lessons are. Hmm? Now I want to know what these chastity lessons are. What, what chastity lessons? You're teaching them how to be chaste to my kids, not by example. No, how, definitely how, not. How are you teaching them how to be? Well, like, what are the chastity lessons? Oh, we talk about how. Do you use dolls? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So we talk about we talk about how you know the the masturbation and that stuff is normal. It's expected. You shouldn't. You know. Uh, but it shouldn't take up too much of your time. Do it in a private place. Do it here. And actually, this is uh, this is disclosing too much. But like for my son, explain how you shouldn't be looking to just get it over with, with quickly. You should yeah. <laughs> take your time. You should explore your body. You should understand, you know, your body. We talk about that with with our daughter. And then you should not be having sex right now because yeah. of you know all the you know all the consequences emotionally, otherwise. But if you choose to. Don't compound a bad decisions with a worse one by not using condoms in these things. Yeah, see, I, I, I completely agree with that. I wouldn't say using abstinent only, but if you encourage abstinence, then that I think that's a good thing. But as long as you you know you have a preparation for a plan B or C, like you know always have birth control ready, you know, or a condom with yeah. you. Know, blah, blah, blah. But we've also that's the smartest way to do it. But we've also encouraged. Um, you know, we started talking about how as they get older and start dating, 
you know, as they become adults, that they should consider living with the with the person before getting married and do oh. you know having a deeper relationship. So we're encouraging that because we think that that actually is healthier than just do nothing, not really know this person for a period of time, and then Commit. jump into marriage and have yeah, kids. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, and, and, and another large part of this is make sure as you're, and I obviously I'm speaking completely out of my ass because I don't actually have kids, but I think that it's, it's important to, to center whatever, you know, whatever encouragement around abstinence and, and sexual behavior as a young, you know, just a emerging pubescent person, center that decision and the consequences of that decision around them and the people involved rather than attributing everything or the most important, you know, egregious error made to some something outside of themselves to god to jesus this this thing localize localize the impact to them and the people involved and it'll be a lot easier to make rational good decisions because you won't be trying to i don't know attribute it to this weird ethereal thing that doesn't really exist you know what i mean you're you're not turning sex into a nameless faceless act right where where, where here it kind of is you know no, yeah. but it's the same thing. The, the, and keep in mind, the unspeakable I'm, sin that you can commit only when you're in marriage, then it's approved. You know, I'm I'm dealing with a 17 year old and a 15 year old. We also have a 10 year old, but I mean, when when I'm what I'm talking about is my 17 year old is pretty developed. So the one thing that we have, the one thing we've started uh, over the last you know couple of years is talk openly about it. Talk openly about. Uh, you know, that this happens, that sex is healthy, sex is fun, sex is, I mean, we, we you know, tell our kids, get out of here, I want to get naked with mom, you know, and, <laughs> and okay. you know, yeah, look, because. And she's walking it, around without her pants on anyway, so they get it. Right. So right. They understand. It's already halfway there. No, so they, they, you know, it's not that, you know, it's not done crudely, it's not done gratuitously, or, you know, there's no prurience uh, about it, but it's. We acknowledge that, yes, we are married, we're adults, we love each other, we have sex. And my wife reinforces it with them, you know, when they, oh, why do you talk about this? She says, isn't it nice to know that your parents are in love and that we do like to do that and that we have fun together and we'd rather spend time together? Hopefully you guys have that. You know, so it actually becomes a dialogue. We are very open about those things, and that has spawned, um, I think, some real healthy dialogue with my older, with my older kids. Yeah, kudos to you, Matt. I think Thanks, man. Let it go, man. Yeah. Nice. All right. So, and and now we get to the way that uh, Boyd K. Packer advises. <laughs> right. Something light to something dark. All right, let's go. I wish to explain something that will help you understand your young manhood and help you develop self-control. When this power begins to form, it might be likened to having a little factory in your body, one designed to produce that substance that can generate life. One designed to produce. Oh, it's called product here. It's substance in the in the talk. They changed it. Uh, why? Why? Produce the substance. product that can generate life. So what exactly would be... Mm. Why the edit there, Glenn? What's your speculation there? Substance is too graphic. It is? Yeah. Graphic, yeah. It's, the, it's, oh, it's got an imagery. It's got an imagery to it, yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is so nitpicky. No. It beca- no, 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 it doesn't, because with little factory and product, it's, it's, a, it's just an analogy. It's just a, a metaphor. Look, you know, like a product, like a A baby like can a be train. a product. A baby, yeah. a baby right, can be a product. Right, all right, I'm wrapping my brain around. I'm with you. It, it seems silly, but... Okay, <laughs> okay. so when, when I was at BYU, um, 
Dallin Oaks Jr. was w- one of my linguistics professors, and I remember he, he was giving a lesson once about language and sounds and how certain sounds can carry connotative meaning with them. Uh, Moist. It, yeah, yeah. So, so, Moist. So the example that he gave, gave was like the E sound. When you have words that have E, elongated E, are small, like tiny, mini, you know, something like that, whereas O are, are, are big, you know. Uh, anyway, so... I think that there's something that goes along with substance, and you had it in moist, where you've got that prolonged S sound that's kind of <laughs> sticky and, you know, sweet <laughs> and salty and, you know, th- something that... Oh, my God. I can taste it now. Yeah, it's just, it's a little too descriptive. Yeah. And if you... Yeah, well, it's like... Uh, was it, it the onomatopoeia? Are those the words that sound like they're? I, in this case, onomatopoeia substance. But yeah. So 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 why avoid the word semen altogether? Yeah, because it's 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 the s word. Just get just get be, just get direct. Just say yeah. you know he would have been better off. Seat. Either yeah. you be cute or you be direct, and that and, and, and be a man and say, "Look, we're going to have a frank conversation. You all produce this stuff. It's semen. It's necessary for life. Um, it's natural. It's you know, yeah. You're, that's the way to address it. Except that you're also dealing with twelve year olds. So that's why he. I mean, he, his his audience is everywhere from twelve year olds to basically you know early twenty year olds, and yeah, he's but, trying to give the same message for them. But I mean, there's still twelve year olds that still think the pee and semen is the same thing. So why not just wait? What? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Oh, so why, so why don't why don't, don't they? I just don't understand. I liked how you said, "Be a man, be direct." He's the one saying, "Be manly about everything." Yeah. Why why doesn't right. he turn it around on himself? Yeah. What? Why? Right. Okay. Antalization. I tell you. All right. This little factory moves quietly into operation as a normal and expected pattern of growth and begins to produce that life-giving substance. The life-giving substance. There it is. Uh, we, okay. There. Yeah, I was going to say, is everyone else's loud? Mine's loud. Well, anyway, go ahead. Loud. Yeah, he says it moves quietly into operation. Shoot, dude. Oh, oh, oh got you. Well, I, I want to. I mean, are, are, at some point, at what point are we going to address? The metaphor in general, because I honestly think this is a brilliant metaphor for. Uh, we're, we're not going to adjust it now. All right, all right, got okay, it. Okay, no, go ahead. I was just why I, I just wanted to. I don't know because I, think I'm this, just I just wanted to throw a wrench in I'm the factory. He's, he's just listening now. Yeah. Um, We've already done that. Honestly, every single. Yeah, but time, it doesn't get old. <laughs> I know, but it was so funny. Like when it happened, I laughed. So I agree. Loud. I did. I did too. I, I just kept, kept laughing. laughing. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> anyway, so. Yeah, don't I, I encourage think, me. Don't, no, I know. Don't do it. I, I know what, don't do it. What's funny, man? <laughs> um, this. I mean, I feel like this is a brilliant. This metaphor really has a lot of internal consistency for depicting sex the way that um, the way that elder that uh, he wants to depict it. I think that it's completely detached from reality, but I think that it's a real. I feel like it. It's a really. I don't know. It's it's very internally consistent for depicting sex the way he wants to depict it. It's this mechanical thing, yes. right? Yeah. It's why. Yeah, go ahead. Why is it a little factory? If we're get, if we're really going to get into the metaphor, why can't it just be a factory? Because imagine that inside of you, 
You have, there is a, a, factory you have a factory that produces life-giving substances. He's talking about the penis. He's talking about the, the, the right. appendage itself. He's talking about the actual, the, your member. No, he's not. He's talking about the, the mechanics, the, the testicles that the, the produce semen. It just shoots right. out through the penis. But yeah, why? But for all intents and purposes, it's the same, the same he, joke. He's conflating the whole thing. And what I'm saying is it's not, it's not a great metaphor. It's not a great metaphor for actually depicting sex. It's just a great metaphor for depicting it the way he views it. But why couldn't it be fact? I mean, so you're the one that's championing the brilliance of this metaphor. I'm just asking you, why couldn't it be equally brilliant as a factory instead of a little factory? Uh, because I, I I I don't think that the use of little or not little is I think it's immaterial for what when he's I'm talking to twelve year olds when I'm trying to champion it yeah I mean, what I'm trying to champion about it is the fact that he's depicting sex and the purpose of sex as this mechanical necessity right factories you need factories because they have to produce no, what you need don't say factory don't say get. factory. Little, need, little, little, little no, factories. No, 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 no. The metaphor is about factories, right? Little he's factory. saying it's a little factory. That's that's when that's that's when he's likening your dick, your balls, your twelve-year-old dick, <laughs> right? But he your, always say, he always says little factory here, Glenn. Later on, he says the factory. So get off of it. Yeah, this is this this is super pedantic. I feel like I mean, damn maybe, right. I don't know if you have if you have. Something in mind, say it, because like I, I can't really make anything out of this than just a pointless distinction. Move you know, on. now I remember two things. Go ahead. Two two points. One, I remember now my friend that, that told me about this, he said when he first read it, it was in Spanish when he was on his mission. And he said it just reads hilarious <laughs> in um in Spanish. You know and you know what hilarious means. That's like <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Say little factory in Spanish, Jake. Uh, I mean, I don't know how they would translate it exactly, but how I would translate it with my kind of my Spanish that I haven't spoken in, in a few years fluently, I would say like fabrica pequeña or algo or something <laughs> like that. Thanks. <laughs> Good one. No, he said, but he he they they apparently translated directly where it's like un factoría, like if you will. It, right. they, they translated the "if you will," and I guess in Spanish it just really doesn't come off that way. Anyway, that's number one. The number two: Does anyone else picture those old Mister Rogers neighborhood little shorts where you'd go, like how to make grape jelly, and you know they'd show you the factories and how you know what I'm talking about? No, that's the only you. thing I just can you, think Matt. About. Just you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But anyway, okay. So this, but the thing, I mean, when when he sees sex as this very utilitarian, like it's 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 a necessary kind of utilitarian thing where you gotta have it, and you produce what you need to produce, and you can, and if it goes too fast, then it's bad, and if it goes too slow, then it's good. It's good. It's you know, the slower it goes, the better. Because because then you don't have to have sex with your wife as often. Right. So I, 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 when, I don't know, but turning it into a mechanical process, I think, is very indicative of the way sex is viewed within Mormonism, especially in this era of Mormonism. And I also and think he wants really viewed by the bo- how he wants it viewed by these boys, by these little exactly. boys, by the little exactly. boys. I think that it, uh, very young men, I feel like the, it, it really 
uh, it really promotes that mentality about sex and sexuality that uh, he wants. So I think okay. that it's, it's extremely – I think it's a very powerful, good uh, uh, de- you know, rhetorical device for accomplishing what he wants to accomplish. From his perspective, good, right? From his perspective. Relatively good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Effective, so- effective as a rhetorical device for making people freaked out about sex. All right. What do you, okay, what do you want to say about this, Tom? We're almost to the where he gives a green light to the wet dream, so let's go. Okay. Oh, that's the okay, best. Okay, one, one more thing, though. And I just referenced, uh, uh, what's his name, Mr. Rogers. The other thing that would be great is like a magic school bus episode where they like go in through the wang and like go through this factory that's creating the substance. It's freaking great. <laughs> are you, are you giving Proceed, it? Elder Packard. Proceed okay. with, the, with the little factory. It will do so perhaps as long as you live. It works very slowly. That's the way it should be. That is the way it should be. For the most part, unless you tamper with it, you will hardly be aware that it is working at all. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. At 14 years old. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> As you move closer to manhood, this little factory will sometimes produce an oversupply of this substance. An oversupply of this substance. <laughs> this is where he jumps the shark, man. <laughs> and uh, it will sometimes an produce an oversupply of this substance. Oh uh, this is inefficient. He's wrong. <laughs> He's wrong physiologically. Yeah. It doesn't, but whatever. The Lord has provided a way for that to be released. It will happen without any help, nor without any resistance from you. Perhaps one night you will have a dream, and in the course of it, the release valve that controls that little factory will open and release all that is excess. Yeah, it's got a pressure release valve built in. I love this so much. This is the best part of this freaking essay because he says God gives you wet dreams. God gives you wet dreams. So that first wet dream when Dude, I, like, I touched a boob or something and then just completely lost it. That was good. Oh, I've had some great ones too. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. You know, oh. what, 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 what was your most memorable wet dream? Um... Like it's a, I remember it was either on my mission or right before my high school. It was like a foursome, three chicks, man, like full on, like going at. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Wait, and one of them, why did you ask, man? Because I wanted to tell what mine is. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them was like, I don't remember who, but it was like a, um, uh, uh, celebrity. It was like a, like an actress. It was the one time that I felt like I was in uh, dreamscape and like controlling my dreams and like stayed almost aware in it. It was it was glorious. All right, nice. All you right. The, it, just, well, my, my mine was lame before, but it's even more lame now in comparison. I, I was a missionary, and so I was dreaming that I was in a train station and I saw a poster of Madonna. <laughs> that was it. That was it. That, that was, was it. I saw a poster of Madonna. And <laughs> I remember my very first wet dream, and this was before. See, the thing is, I actually am sad that I never had this pamphlet because I did not know what wet dreams were until I was 17 years old. Really? Oh, wow. 
So I, all this stuff was going on. I mean, I was because you weren't having them because you were touching yourself so much. You were using no, no, no. a release valve. No, I was having them. I just had no fucking clue what was going on. Mm-hmm. Really? And so yeah, and so like I, I didn't talk to anybody about it, and I was just like, oh shit, like I I can never have sex because obviously I'm some ultra fertile, un like some ultra fertile super. Man, mm-hmm. come on, man! This, this <laughs> I is had no. Nice, this is a nice way of saying. I thought I was a, still a bedwetter in my late teens. <laughs> well, I mean, this felt way better than bedwetting. But I mean, <laughs> if that was bedwetting, yeah. I'd piss the bed every night. Um, it was. So it was. It was <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I had no idea what was going on, and so the fact that at some point somebody in you know in conference had actually at least, however you know, giving you permission vaguely talked about wet dreams i mean i when I, I i'd never even heard the term i heard the term and i was like there's a name for that and and let's it's a normal thing let's go anyway. back to who packer said that he was or why he said he's giving this because some kids don't have fathers or their bishops don't oh. talk to him about it and she when, when this was, was you, when this jake. was happening jake your dad had already passed right true so who's I did not who's, have who's there to tell you what to expect and what's going on uh, what better than a sixty-year-old sexually repressed man? Yeah, your bishop should have been there. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Huh. See, I had a uh, companion, another different companion than the one who showed me his pubes. He um, he used to wake up. He never had wet dreams. He would actually wake up and run to the bathroom, and he'd do it in such a such a hurried manner that he would wake you up as well, and you. Uh, and he'd acknowledge, he's like, yep, had another one, but he would always, so he would not have nocturnal emissions. He would have wake-ternal emissions. Wait, so he would, he, so he would still get there. He wouldn't stop himself beforehand. Right. Yeah. It would get right to the point, but he would wake, he would like wake up, run to the bathroom and, and like finish in the toilet. And I'm like, dude, how do you, he's like, I don't know. I've been doing it since I was a kid. I just, just get to the point where it wakes me up right prior to that moment. Lot, I'm like, that's like the... Best a lot less, a, a lot less socks to be washed. Come yeah, on, yeah, a lot less, less cleanup and what socks? You, you, <laughs> that's a, I thought that's what socks were for. The factory and the automatic release valve works on its own schedule. The Lord intended it to be that way. It is to regulate itself. This will not happen very often. You may go a long period of time, and there will be no need for this to occur. When it does. You should not feel guilty. It is the nature of young manhood and is part of becoming a man. Uh, kudos. See? No, no, nice. no. That's, well, that's so messed up again because if you happen to have it with some regularity for whatever reason, now you should feel bad about it. Okay. In oh, fact, he's, we – He's vague. Oh, he's come vague. on. Listen. Yeah. No, no, no. And, I'm, and, I'm, and this is where I'm basing it on. We had a, a counselor in our mission presidency who did preach that. That if you are having them with some regularity, that means that you are thinking about impure things too frequently and you have cause to repent. Well, I shit okay. you not. And it probably yeah, came from this enough. because he does talk about how it's supposed to be slow and it only speeds up if you tamper. That's it, man. Yeah. So they're even, even when you're not touching yourself, you can be doing things, sinful yep. things. All right. There is, however, something you should not do. Sometimes a young man does not understand... Perhaps he is encouraged by unwise or unworthy companions to tamper with that factory. <laughs> who, talked oh, who talked about this? I'm telling you. You, you know you want him. Oh, man. I'm telling you, he had this, he had this experience. I agree with you yes. because any, 
normal boy, that is so taboo. No one would think to talk about that, let alone think, you know, this is this might happen where other people were encouraged. You, yeah. Now, hang and on it a comes second. Out, you, it comes out later too. I mean, are you are you implying that there was a young Boyd Packer, and he had a friend come up like, "Hey Boyd, hey Boyd, have you tried doing this? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Have you tried grabbing it? Y- yeah. You know what his name you was? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. You never had somebody. I and, uh, so. I did a sophomore through senior high through, through senior year in high school in uh, Utah, and yeah, I had people like the f- people on the football team, Mormon kids on the football team, would talk about masturbation in specifics, like no, you know, that's this what? is different. This is very different. This he's I, essentially uh, be saying. You mean you'd joke about it, but nobody would say admit to doing it. No, uh, yeah, they would. They would say, you know, I remember the first time I tried it, I just thought you just cupped your hand over. I couldn't figure out what was going on. Then you grab it. That's genius. So so when you, they were encouraging you to do it, they would say, Jake, did you do it last night? Did you? Did no, you? no. <laughs> but look at Jake. He hasn't done it. And here's how. He hasn't done it. Yeah. See, that's no, but they would specifically I- talk about the fact that they – that they did it. So, do you Talk, think that you talking were openly talking openly is different than encouraging it? Yeah. Come on, Jake, we're doing it. You know, you want to. Everybody's you're gonna doing it. You're going to do it in front of me. No, <laughs> perhaps he says. Perhaps he is encouraged by unwise or unworthy companions. Well, of course they're unworthy because right. they're encouraging you yes. to do what he's doing. Right? Yeah. It's not just people talking about it. They're encouraging. He might fondle himself and open that release valve. This you should not do. Huh? You can do that yourself? <laughs> this is, this is what's great about this talk, right? man. Is, you, ever, you ever hear the story about how they used to ask about bestiality? Yeah, yeah, Before yeah. you go on a mission? That was, and that supposedly- was, that was Tom's interview with uh, Bagley. With Will Bagley talked about that. Oh, yeah, it was? That's, that's right. That was classic, right? man. Oh, that was great. When I heard that, I thought, oh, my gosh. But it's kind of the same thing. It's, wait a minute. You can do this yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> Planting ideas, man. Right. No, that was the brilliant moment. For if you do, that little factory will speed up, and you will be tempted to tamp- tamper with it again and again. And again and again and again. And, again. And, again. <laughs> and, and it's sometimes like two or three times in a day. You can quickly be subjected to a habit, one that is not worthy. One that will leave you feeling depressed and guilty. Feeling depressed and feeling guilty because I just told you so. Right, right, exactly. A lot of this is because you should not, you will not feel worthy. Yeah. They're telling you how you will not feel or how you will feel or will not feel about having done it. Yeah. So that, that seems pretty strange. But the, what I'm saying is, isn't this, so thinking about it as a, as a factory with a release valve, if if you release that release valve at a, at the wrong time, I mean, it kind of makes sense. If it was, if it op- if it really did operate like a factory, it's really not that weird to think that it would speed up to be able to like create that pressure again. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is such it's such a I, I feel like it's such an internally consistent metaphor. I just have to admire it. Really? So how many how many factories that you've been around speed up because you tamper with them? Not necessarily tamper no, with them, but basically they just, operate at capacity. And so if you if you allow that release to happen at moments when they're not, uh, if you if you lift that ceiling of capacity by by you know Shoot, allowing shooting that release your wad. to happen by shooting your wad early, shooting your wad or whatever, then <laughs> yeah, 
then then this factory can speed up. Isn't it Sesame Street that has that assembly line where they go do 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 do? I don't know. That'd be great. That is great. Go on. I mean, I'm just saying if you if you think about it, okay. So if it's operating at capacity, and when that release valve is open, then it allows it it allows capacity to to you know that limit to be exceeded. Yeah, he was a big fan of I Love Lucy. And everyone knows the chocolate factory. It gets speeds up, and then what, next thing you know, there's balls in her mouth. <laughs> Henry? Yes? When you have an orgasm, how much stuff comes out of your penis? Resist that temptation. Do not be guilty of tampering or playing with this sacred power of creation. Now, one of you, perhaps, has not fully understood until now. Perhaps your father did not talk to you. You may already have been guilty of tampering with these powers. You may even have developed a habit. What then? <laughs> you know, this reminds me of a story that I heard on my mission. One of those apocryphal things about the mission president before our mission president. I think I've said this on a podcast before, but he told, uh, he stood up in a zone conference and he said, sisters, I'm telling you to, to start wearing your hoses and elders to stop playing with yours. Anytime, <laughs> anytime a missionary comes to me, yeah, anytime a missionary comes to me with a masturbation problem, I give him a CTR ring. And at this point, every guy in the audience sits on his hand to cover the CTR ring that's on there. <laughs> you know that happened when Packer said this in this conference. And what's funny, when you listen to the audio, you can hear people coughing nervously in the background. Some of you may have already been guilty tampering with these powers. <coughs> <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. If you were live in that audience, you did not want to make eye contact with Boyd K. Right, that man. He'd see right, right into your soul. Right into your little factory. First, I want you to know this. If you are struggling with this temptation, and perhaps have not been quite able to resist it, the Lord still loves you. It is not anything so wicked, nor is it a transgression so great. The Lord would reject you because of it. Hey! That's You're cool. Not. That's cool, isn't it? Oh, throw the, throw the guy a goodness. bone. <laughs> not all is lost. Yeah. You don't have to kill yourself. So it, yet. It's not anything so wicked, nor is it a transgression so great that the Lord would reject you because of it. That's cool that he's saying that, right? That's so strong. Oh, my yeah. gosh. But, but... But it can quickly lead to that kind of transgression. You what? What kind oh of transgression? The kind of transgression that the Lord will no reject you for, and He will no longer love you. No, and He won't love you anymore. It is not pleasing to the Lord, nor is it pleasing to you. And and what transgression is that? Oh. Adultery, homosexuality, eating 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 shellfish, homosexuality. At this point, you're only thinking, oh, wait, yeah, yeah. What does it say? It leads to it. Yeah. Come on. Quickly lead to that kind. You're right. Now, now the boys, though, here again, a normal, healthy, heterosexual boy is thinking, oh, if I continue to jerk off, this is what he's talking about. But you're right. He thinks that necessarily leads to 
homosexual. Well, I think because I think he touches on this again when he he goes into that. But but spoiler alert, we're just around the corner to the homosexual stuff. But uh, no one's going to pick up on. It's not pleasing to the Lord, nor is it pleasing to you. Maybe if you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Anyway. Well, but well, he, I, but he said you feel depressed and guilty afterwards. So he's trying to make it not pleasurable. He's like doing that shock therapy thing, whatever electrodes. Now there are ways to conquer such a habit. First of all, you must leave that little factory alone long enough for it to slow down. Resisting is not easy. It will take weeks, even months. But you can get the little factory slowed back. To where it should be. See, he does keep referring to it as a little factory. Yeah. Do, 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 yeah. Do, 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 and that it do, should do, be slow. Do, 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 do. I have another suggestion. The power to prevent such habits or to break them rests in the mind, not in the body. And there we go. We come back to the mind and the body thing, right? Don't let the physical part of you take charge. You stay in control. Stay in control, Tom. Control your body to do the will of your mind, Tom. <laughs> why am I being super <laughs> <laughs> you know why. You know why. <laughs> you know why. <laughs> all right. All right. To do That's this, it. you I'm must good. keep always worthy and clean thoughts. Divert your thoughts from things that lead you to mischief. Vigorous physical exercise benefits young men in many ways. You are most vulnerable when you are idle and discouraged. That is the time to keep on guard. I did have a missionary companion who said that anytime he felt uh, tempted to masturbate, he'd do push-ups. It's a lot of push-ups. <laughs> well, right. Like, why would he tell me that? Yourself out. Yeah, you wear yourself out. Because yeah. anytime I'd walk in the room and I'd see him doing push-ups, of course I'm thinking, oh, I know what you're doing. All right, here's disclosure time. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, my mission? You've already disclosed this. It's not news anymore. Oh, man. B-F-D. See, I only have so many. Gosh, damn. BFD. You're right. I only, I, I only have so many original thoughts and stories, damn it. Go ahead. For the people who didn't hear that episode. Right. For the people who didn't hear it before, uh, two or three times I had full release while doing um, stomach exercises, abs. Oh, see, that's not the story that you told. Oh, that's not it? No, no. You, told, you said that you didn't masturbate at all during your mission. Oh, no, that is also true. Right, I thought that's what you were going to say. No, no, no. Shame but, on me for I, assuming. Yeah, see, things like Makes that. Makes an ass out of me just me story. and me. <laughs> Why don't you just listen? Okay. Why don't you just listen? All right. We yeah. So talk about physical exercise. Two or three times on my mission, it happened while during during uh, sit ups, and I wasn't hard or anything. It just but it it was it was like a wet dream. It was bizarre. So don't listen to Boyd K. Packard. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Rigorous <laughs> exercise may actually uh, release the valve. I thought that's what rigorous exercise was. But he, he said vigorous physical exercise helps young men in many ways. So it did. Like makes them hot. We're about to launch into a section of the pamphlet that, that is exclusive to the pamphlet only, and it wasn't in the 1976 talk. Well, how, how juicy, how juicy is it? Uh, okay. Well, let's, let's just read it. Did you, did you stretch out your vocal cords to get some, uh, channel, some Boyd K. Packer? Again? Right. 
Uh, I don't. Your mind is like a thing. Yeah, I, he's kind I, of I, just developed. He's kind of devolved into this in my mind, like this, almost like a Joe Pesci, like an old Joe Pesci. Yeah. Your mind is like a thing. Yeah. Or like the Emperor in Star Wars, right? <laughs> kind oh, of right, like that. Right. That is more. I know a way to keep your thoughts worthy. It has helped me, and I explained it on one occasion in a general conference talk. Okay, and then in the talk. He goes right to the hymn. It has to do with selecting a favorite hymn and making that as the channel for your thoughts to follow, a time of temptation. But in the pamphlet, he, he, he says this, probably the greatest challenge of people of any age, particularly young people, and the most difficult thing you will face in mortal life is to learn to control your thoughts. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, Proverbs 23, 7. One who can control his thoughts has conquered himself. When I was about 10 years old, so this whole anecdote, like everything right here is, is just in the pamphlet. When I was about 10 years old, we lived in, and there's a picture I'm scrolling past, in a home surrounded by an orchard. There never seemed to be enough water for the trees. And, you know, water is kind of life-giving substance, and trees are okay. The the, <laughs> the ditches, always fresh plowed in the spring, would soon be filled with weeds. One day, in charge of the irrigating turn, I found myself in trouble. As the water moved down the rows choked with weeds, it would flood in every direction. I raced through the puddles trying to build up the bank. As soon as I had one break patched up, another would break. A neighbor came through the orchard. He watched for a moment, and then with a few vigorous strokes of the shovel, he cleared the ditch bottom and allowed the water to course through the channel he had made. If you want the water, <laughs> yeah, right. If you want the water to stay in its course, you'll have to make a place for it to go. He said, "I have come to know that thoughts, like water, will stay on course if we make a place for them to go. Otherwise, our thoughts follow the course of least resistance, always seeking the lower levels. Because huh? gravity, because oh the gravity of thoughts." <laughs> Because of gravity. Because gravity and weeds. I had been told a hundred times or more as I grew up that thoughts must be controlled, but no one told me how. I want to tell you young people about one way you can learn to control your thoughts, and it has to do with music. But but again, this, this isn't, he didn't say this in conference. Uh, the mind is like a stage, except when we're asleep, the curtain is always up. There's always some act being performed on that stage. It may be a comedy, a tragedy, interesting or dull, good or bad, but always there is some act playing on the stage of the mind. Have you noticed that without any real intent on your part, in the middle of almost any performance, a shady little thought may creep in from the wings and attract your attention? Yes. (laughs) Have you? (laughs) These delinquent thoughts will try to upstage everybody. If you permit them to go on, all thoughts of any virtue will leave the stage. You will be left, because you consented to it, to the influences of unrighteous thoughts. If you yield to them, they will enact for you on the stage of your mind anything to the limits of your toleration. They may enact a theme of bitterness, jealousy, or hatred. It may be vulgar, immoral, even depraved. What does depraved mean? What is even depraved? That's the part, that's the vulgar and immoral I get. Even depraved? What is that? Worse. Yeah. What is what is something that's depraved that isn't that isn't included in those those adjectives? So, guys, let me let, let me illuminate your mind. There, there's this thing called a three pattern. 
that's a traditional way that we communicate. Here we go. Seriously, you've heard this before, Tom. Of course I've heard this before, but <laughs> are you a, saying that th- this is a, a three pattern? This is a three pattern. It may be vulgar, immoral, or even depraved. He's got three adjectives here that you're absolutely right. What the hell is the third one doing there? It's redundant. All it's there to do is to complete this three pattern the, that gives it more pattern. of a, more authority, more of a sense of completion. We do it all the time. So anyways... Fine. So My you're bad. right. No, no, no. It's not. It's not bad. It was brilliant that you found you that you that you figured that well, out. I that you, but I don't you even know it. what depraved. I don't even know what depraved means. Does that mean ignored? Okay, I'm going to take away the brilliant comment. But <laughs> 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 oh, come on. Let me ride that wave for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> depraved. Uh, d- d- depraved is oh boy. How do you define it? It's it, it, it's, oh, it's looks like I'm not the only one. Come on, man. Okay. <laughs> you got me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Depraved. Like, you're uh, perverted. You're perverse. Is that what it means? Yeah, it means perverse. Depraved. So, um, when they have the stage, if you let them, these... Vulgar but depraved thoughts, shadowy thoughts. They will devise the most clever persuasions to hold your attention. They can make it interesting, all right, even convince you that it is innocent, for they are but thoughts. See, I swear he's talking from experience here, but all right. What, he, what also he, makes, he also makes it sound like it's completely independent of you. Like, you're not going to have any control of what's coming on. That's, they have... They have a life of their own. Yeah, that's interesting because he's talked about earlier how the mind is separate from the body and you, your mind has to control the body. So where are these thoughts coming from? I well, I mean, it, it's another level of not having control over yourself. Okay, so your mind controls your body, but then Satan can control your mind Boom. in some ways if you allow him to. And so it's 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 a whole other level of there's a, there's a whole other boogeyman out there. I, it might be a half another, but... I think that you're right. It's Satan. Right. It's Satan whispering into your mind, and it, it, that's where the thoughts are coming from, and you've got to uh, uh, master it. Okay. What do you do at a time like that when the stage of your mind is commandeered by the imps of unclean thinking? Yeah, the imps, man. What are those, Tom? I haven't watched Lord of the Rings. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the imps are devils. Oh, they're not in the Lord of the Rings. They uh, no. sound like they'd be like uh, along with the dwarves and the elves. Yeah, it could right. be. Yeah. The orcs and the imps. Right. Yeah. No, the, the imps are like <laughs> mischievous little devils that whisper bad thoughts in your ears. Evidently. <laughs> yeah. You want to touch yourself? <laughs> <laughs> like that? It, yeah. Right, you know them. <laughs> Whether right. they be the gray ones that seem almost clean or the filthy ones which leave no room for doubt, if you can control your thoughts, you can overcome habits, even degrading personal habits. If you can learn to master them, master, you will have a happy life. This is what I would teach you. Choose from among the sacred music of a church favorite hymn. Okay, so now it gets back to his original talk. But it's still adding more than he actually said. One with words that are uplifting and music that is reverent. One that makes you feel something akin to inspiration. So he elaborates on what he originally said. Go over it in your mind carefully. Memorize it. Even though you have had no musical training, you can think through a hymn. 
Now use this hymn as the place for your thoughts to go. Make it your emergency channel. Whenever you find these shady actors have slipped from the sidelines of your thinking onto the stage of your mind, put on this record, as it were. As the music begins and the words form in your thoughts, the unworthy ones will slip shamefully away. It will change the whole mood of the stage of your mind because it's uplifting and clean. The baser thoughts will disappear. Oh, this is so boring. For while virtue by choice... <laughs> Will not associate with filth. Evil cannot tolerate the presence of light. Okay, all this is way more embellished here. Oh than yeah, it is in the uh, audio. That, that's why it took him from 1976 to 1981 to write the pamphlet. <laughs> right. Well, I want to say so. He definitely did write this, though, right? I mean, is that is that something we're assuming that the things that aren't included in the in the talk? Um, well, does it does the pamphlet have an author? I assume it I assume it does, right? Say Boyd K. Packer. Oh no, it's got Boyd, P- Boyd K. Packer's name on it. Yeah, is the sole author. Oh yeah, yeah, two young men. Yeah, because yeah. I uh, I gotta say, I'm 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 definitely I'm I'm definitely a big fan of this second metaphor as well. The stage, the stage, and the actors. Yeah, I uh, like it too. I, I think I think it's a great metaphor. It's just so it really sticks in your mind. I mean, the thing is, he that's why he's become so iconic. I mean, he says a bunch of inflammatory bullshit, but. He also has a way of putting things, putting this inflammatory stuff in a very catchy framework that kind of sticks with you. Okay, explain explain that because I don't I, I I don't feel that connection that you do. So how what's what's cool about it? Well, like okay, so the the think of your mind as a stage. Well, it basically it creates it, it creates this image of that dualistic idea of the mind. As and also the, you know, your anyone's susceptibilities to those external forces that could pollute your mind. It sets it up perfectly. I mean, your if your mind is this is this kind of blank space that can be permeated by any set of actors that kind of choose to force themselves over it, but you can still control the curtain more or less or whatever. You know, you can control. Yeah, you have some. You know, you can get out those big like canes to come out from the side like pull people off nice, okay. you know if you yeah. have control over that and that creates that creates an a, a way of interpreting you know, the mind and what it is and its purpose and what can influence it in a way that perfectly serves his purpose well you could even you could even replace this metaphor with the tv right you get you're watching one channel and you use the remote right. to change it to something else yeah, I, right, I like right. it. It's much better than that, the digging a gutter for the water metaphor. That bullshit. Yeah, yeah. The 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 water and the thing. I don't even remember what the point of that was. But this one, this one's going to stick with me. This is very. Uh, it's really catchy. Well, he the 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 ditch in the water. He actually comes back to when he says, "Rehearse the hymns in your mind so that they become the the ditches that you can channel no, your thoughts into." Goes back to it, but I I, I do he have does. to say, for yeah. me, when I was a kid, when I read this pamphlet, this was probably the one thing that I actually implemented into my life was singing a hymn. Did it work for you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, and then the other, my plan B, the backup, was always thinking my grandma. So, oh, what, what well, did, you, did ever, you choose? Okay. <laughs> what did, no, no, don't go there, Jake. What, what, no, 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 no. <laughs> I wasn't going there. I was, well, I'm kind of, uh, so, but I'm doing it. Um, did you ever have kind of a, 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 a an unintended kind of Pavlovian, uh, effect with that where 
you pick a hymn and then, you know, you pick a hymn to sing whenever you have a boner so it'll go down. But then yeah. when people sing the hymn, you get a boner. No, that never happened to me. No. It never worked. It worked. It did for me. I kind of got the, you know, it was like the, there was definitely a Pavlovian, you know, association I was making with that. What's the hymn? Well, I guess I guess I didn't stick with like one hymn all the time. I kind of had like a rotating playlist in my head. See, you didn't oh, dig okay. the ditch deep enough. It has to be right. one hymn that you constantly he repeat. He doesn't con- say that. He doesn't say one hymn, does he? Does he say sing a hymn? Yeah, I, he I, says I, go over it in your mind. He says my shell strokes probably weren't vigorous enough. Look, he says use <laughs> this him singular as the place for your thoughts to go make it singular your emergency channel whenever you find these shady actors that have slipped from the sidelines of your thinking onto the stage of your mind put on this record as it were that has the grooves right you, you know right. remember what a record was songs on it on a record right <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah okay all right so can you tell me what the hymn was jake that gave you a boner Thank thee, O God, for profit. Hold to the rod. (laughs) Hold to the rod. (laughs) Jeez. All right. Once you learn to clear the stage of your mind of unworthy thoughts, keep it busy with learning worthwhile things. Change your environment so that you have things about you, like around you, that will inspire good and uplifting thoughts. Keep busy with things that are righteous. Okay, and thus ends the insert, because now we get back to the uh, original talk. You know, that. sorry, that insert was pretty boring. I guess I see why somebody edited it out, don't you think? Well, I don't think it was edited out. I think it was added. <laughs> oh, right. added yeah, right. to the pamphlet. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that took later. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not at all. Okay, so uh, a- another thing that will help both to prevent and to overcome such habits at times, times of special temptation, skip a meal or two. <laughs> we call that fasting, you know. It has a powerful effect upon you physically. It diverts some of that physical energy to more ordinary needs. It tempers desire and reduces the temptation. Fasting will help you greatly. This gets back to what Matt said last time. This is what Matt said last time where he would do push-ups. And there's, there's also a way you can do it by starving yourself. It gets your, it gets your mind off your junk. No, it's just, just a stupid. It's a stupid thing to think. Oh, if I fast, I'm not going to want to touch my. I don't know. I, it just sounds stupid. Such a I th- primary I like, I th- answer. I like it though. It, yeah, I think. It's like I think we used it would to work. teach. It's like we used to teach guys. You know, on the mission. Oh, you want to quit smoking? You should really brush your teeth and chew gum and uh, not understanding the the real issue and the complexity of the uh, you know the need there in the scriptures and you should be acquainted with the scriptures fasting and prayer are generally mentioned together prayer is a powerful instrument to bless young men if a missionary for instance indulges in these unworthy practices the spirit of the lord will leave him when he is prayerful and will fast the spirit of the Lord sustains him, and he soon develops a manly restraint and control. Uh, and then he's got another manly uh, adjective in here. This, this idea of manly restraint, I mean, you, you talk to any psychologist, is that actually is going to create some just crazy um, the, the cycles of, of constant angst and and. And it's going to make it worse. So you're going to you're going to hold off for a little bit and do the whole cold turkey thing, white knuckle it, as it were. Yeah. And then it's going to make it worse, both psychologically and your ability to to deal with it. Whereas the best advice is, all right, 
get it over with, move on, and don't focus on it. But this this constant focusing on it, which is what he's advocating, is just it just creates a vicious cycle. Serenity sur- now. Serenity now. Serenity now. <laughs> what is that? Doctor gave me a relaxation cassette. When my blood pressure gets too high, the man on the tape tells me to say, Serenity now! Are you all right? Oh, no, not fine, fine. Serenity now. (laughs) Serenity now, serenity now. Serenity now thing doesn't work. Just bottles up the anger and then eventually you blow. What are you in the... You were in the nuthouse. What do you think put me in? Serenity now. Insanity later. (laughs) You're just bottling it up. Resist those temptations. Do not tamper with your body. If you have already, cease to do it now. Put it away and overcome it. Put it away? (laughs) Yeah, zip up. Yeah, and overcome it. The signal of worthy manhood is self-control. You know, I don't don't completely disagree with that. You know, like self-control and discipline and things like that. You know, that, that, that's a that's signal of manhood. Is that what you're thinking? Um, I, I would say maturity more than manhood, but oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like he's he's kind of he's masculine masculinizing it, I, but I think it's more of like maturity that you're you've got self control. Um, but anyway, but but that that could be like the way that Matt teaches his son to masturbate that you just don't blow it all as quick as you can. You 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 know have self control in that area too, Take right? Take your time. Take your time. It'll it'll help you out in the long run. Yeah, it's definitely a form of discipline. This creative power is ordained for the beginning of life and as a binding tie in the marriage covenant. It is not to be used prematurely. It is to be known between husband and wife and in no other way. If you misuse it. You will be sorry. I, I, I love this next turn because it's typical Packer stuff where he says, you know, it, it's only between husband and wife, no other way. If you misuse it, you will be sorry, you know. Cue, cue the dead, you know, done, done, done. Right. And then what does he follow that up with? Now a warning. Now a warning. What so the hell? Every, what did he just say? What did he just do? <laughs> if you misuse so it, you will be yeah, sorry. it's like. And Everybody's eyeballs are uh, or wide open. Like, yeah. we'll be sorry about what? W- what are we going to be sorry about? It's like now a warning. Yeah, yeah. This is an attention grabber, man. Yeah, uh, this is just an ominous talk, though. I mean, it's just it's so many, so so many of the points are are centered around a really fear based view yeah. of sexuality and and sex and everything that he's talking about. Yep. It's All right. Up. Now a warning. I'm hesitant even to mention this subject. It must be labeled as major transgression. It is not pleasant, but I will speak plainly. There are some circumstances in which young men may be tempted to handle one another, to have contact with one another physically in unusual ways. Latter-day Saint young men are not to do this. Okay, now we're getting to the climax of the the talk. Yeah, right? Or the apex, yeah. Because this is such a left turn. Yeah, right. It's like where did it, where did this come from? Yeah, yeah. it's like now, now all of a sudden he's like, okay, I gotta address something serious. Uh, boys are touching boys out there. Like yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so this seems like a left turn to us. But have you guys read in the Miracle Forgiveness? Was this just sure. a was this just a common mentality that masturbation is really Precursor, related uh, to? Yeah, 
to homosexuality? Maybe that was just in in the mindset well, back was, then, and now it isn't. When was um, Miracle Forgiveness published? Did it, did it predate this? So, so the question is, is chicken or egg, Packard or Kimball? Well, I, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a third thing. Maybe it's just something that, that was in there for years and, uh, you know, it was in the ether of the Mormon mentality for years. And then it kind of bubbled up in this, in, you know, in this period. And maybe it's not one of them used it first. And the other one was like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta get that. Yeah. Um, you know, well, it's, just, it's just so bizarre. Again, this, you, this is where you have to think, what was his life experience to jump to this? Yeah. Because everybody, well, he, he, it's, it's such a left turn. He must have had either personal experience or, you know, someone had reported that this was a major issue, that there are boys touching boys out there. I mean, I, I, I don't know. You know and, that, and that might be it is, is, is people that would come to confess would say, well, I started with, you know, masturbation and then I – so they think, oh, there's the connection. That's the cause and effect. Okay. Here, here's – this next section is is what makes me think that he's speaking from the experience. It just seems so weird. And there are some additions in this pamphlet that aren't in the what he actually said in the conference that are telling. So he, he says, Sometimes this begins in a moment of idle foolishness when boys are just playing around. But it is not foolishness. It is remarkably dangerous. When a young man is finding his way into manhood... Such experiences can misdirect his normal desires and pervert him, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually. Such practices, however tempting, are perversion. That however tempting is inserted for this pamphlet. So he he put that in after a lot of thought. However tempting was added in? Yeah. That's not in the... That is a little juicy. Such Mm. practices, however tempting, are perversion. When a young man is finding his way into manhood, such experiences can misdirect his normal desires and pervert him not only physically but emotionally and spiritually as well. And I, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of uh, a, a additional words and stuff. It was never intended that we use this life-giving power only with one who is our partner in marriage. I repeat very plainly, Physical mischief with another man is forbidden. It is forbidden of the Lord. Now, there are some men who entice young men to join them in these immoral acts. If you are ever approached to participate in anything like that, that is the time to vigorously resist. I, you know, I, I appreciate... I mean, like, as a parent, you want to warn your kids about... Uh, what what what's the word for it? Pedophiles, you know. I mean, it's, sure. I I grew right. up sexual predators. Sexual predators. I I remember growing up uh, hearing a story about this guy in Arizona called Snaggletooth. Does that ring any bells to you, Matt? Nah, the only Snaggletooth is a it's a different case, not a sex case. It, it may have been a, a an urban legend or something that I that I heard, but I, it just scared the crap out of me because it was like guys that. You know, this guy that would kidnap little boys and molest them. And I I remember an episode of Different Strokes where there's there's this guy that invites – his name's Dudley. Gordon Jump. It was Gordon Gordon Jump. Jump. He was in a Temple movie, dude. Yeah, Gordon Gordon Jump is the bicycle owner, and he – 
And he and he, uh, he molests Dudley. Well, he he entices Arnold to like watch movies with him in a van. And I just remember I remember watching the, that the back of the bike shop oh, watches right. the cartoons with naked he and Dudley. Arnold leaves, uh. and then Dudley stays and gets molested. Wow! Oh my! I haven't seen this episode. Yeah, very, that was a, a very special. I never put that together, but yeah. Well, the world don't move to the beat of just one drum, Matt. What might be right for you may not be right for some. (laughs) Wow. But, but that, you know, that was, that, that really made an impact on me as a kid, you know, that, that, that fear. And so I, I, as a parent, I appreciate somebody coming out and saying, be careful if men do. But the way that he does it is so matter-of-factly and almost off-the-cuff. Like, you know, there are some men who entice young men to join them in these immoral acts. Like, it's it's more common than maybe it actually... I don't know. It just seems... Well, it seems the a little problem strange. Is, is, this doesn't... This is, Okay, I totally get the predator thing, but this doesn't sound like predator thing to me. This sounds like a friend who's like, hey... Uh, you want to you want to see what I got going in my pants, and and however tempting that might be. <laughs> well, that's that's the playful mischief thing among boys. But then he he then he takes it to a different level. He says there's some men who try to entice the boys, the young men, into this. So I think that's where he goes on the predator thing. He doesn't elaborate yeah, maybe, on it, but yeah, maybe you're right. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. So and then he tells this story, and and this is also another telling thing to me. While touring a mission on one occasion, a missionary said he had something to confess. I was very worried because he just could not get himself to tell me what he had done. After patient encouragement, he finally blurted out, "I hit my companion." Oh, is that all? I said in great relief. So, like, where did his mind immediately go? Right. When a missionary right. said there was something, is that what you guys would be thinking if a missionary said, oh, I've got something I've got to confess? I would think he I had mean, sex I, with a woman. Or, yeah. yeah or something. Well, yeah. No, or, or maybe what that's what he did think, though. Time. No, but maybe that's what he did think. Oh, yeah, you know, you, you fuck the natives or something. I don't know. Well, not just, not just that, but why is a companion probing him for sinful behavior? Shouldn't he be like, oh, you should talk to the mission president about this? Is, I'm not your repentance go to guy. But yeah, I don't know. He likes to hear it. But, but you know, Jake, yeah. I, I think the context of this story, where he places it right after this, you know, men enticing other men to fondle each other and what he goes on to say about the missionary companion, it kind of implies he doesn't he, he's not explicit. So you're right. It, it could be that he was uh, assuming it was sex with a woman, but it, it implies homosexuality. And like when he's when he goes on to say it's okay basically to to defend yourself with physical force it, it's it's in response to this homosexual advances yeah well it comes on the heels of of the whole now a warning yeah it's it's right so, in the yeah, flow. it has to yeah. be related. Has to be. Related. I mean, I, I, it is related because of the content of the story later on. I, me, if, as for my, you know, myself, as for you and your I, house, I didn't, as for me and my house, we will serve. Yeah. Um, uh, pancakes. Um, but we, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't really see it that way. I didn't, I didn't grab that implication that he was that he assumed homosexual behavior between the companions. But I don't know. Maybe that's just right. me. Well, he goes on. And, uh, well, I, I know, but that's that's because your mind didn't natu- wouldn't naturally go there. Right. His track. Wait, so, 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 so what? You're, you're, 
you're attuned to the mind of somebody that's suppressing homosexuality. I'm I'm reading this already. You know this textual analysis that I'm doing. I I, I have this uh, bias already that he's got this in his mind. So when this comes up, I go, okay, this is another one of those little hits. So that, no, that you can that's see a, how he's tracking, and that's once you start yeah. really looking at it. It's it just that is a. It seems to be a pretty clear way to say this is how his mind is following as he's yeah. as, as he's intentionally telling this story and framing this right. issue. Yeah. Oh, is that all? I said in great relief. <laughs> but I floored him. He said, after a little more uh, research into what had happened, my response was, "Well, thanks. Somebody had to do it." And it wouldn't <laughs> And it wouldn't be well for a general authority to solve a problem in that way. <laughs> now I'm not recommending that course to you, my young friends, but I'm not omitting it. You must <laughs> You must protect yourselves. You know, in this this gets a huge oh. response from the audience because you know up to this point they're sitting there going, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. And there's this nervous coughs and there's, oh, I can, I can release all this tension with a laugh. It gets two big laughs out of this. But it's kind of disturbing. You know, oh, I'm, it's I'm, totally I'm not, disturbing. Not kind of disturbing, yeah. dude. I'm not it's recommending this course, but I'm not omitting it. You and must another laugh. big laugh. Yeah. You must protect yourself against yeah. what? Like what? How, what does that have to do with with the missionary flooring the other one? You must protect yourself. Well, that that's another implied that this missionary either got hit on by his companion right. or whatever. Yeah, this is. Yeah, that's that. Well, I mean, that's what a close reading suggests. I don't even think a close reading. I think that's the only possible way to read it. And I got to tell you, I started. I got so uh, just angry. I got a physically. A physical reaction at those sons of bitches that are sitting in there listening to a fucking prophet of God who dares to say this, and they just gush and laugh over it. They're all fucking horrible oh, people. No, come on, Matt. The, like you, you, you gotta, you, you gotta give them uh, the benefit of the doubt here. That the, their their laughter wasn't wasn't. Uh, Saying it's okay to do this, it was, it was, no, it was, it was a it release was, of though. nervous energy from everything that was going on in the talk. That's well, got to at I least be a possibility. Every, every time somebody laughs in general conference, there's that. There is an element of that because people are so bored and yeah. they're looking for a chance just right. to have a release. Yeah. But and this is a, a form of that. But also, this is this also shifts from. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! He's talking about me. I masturbate too. That I don't do. Yeah, I'm not gay, and right. so now it turns into from from being very self conscious about what they're doing wrong to okay, now I can turn it around, and this is something that I can judge and I can really get behind. That I can get behind yeah. because that's not me. I, I don't I don't take the laughter that way. I think there's that nervous release, but I think there's also this this incongruity of a prophet of God. Uh, saying it would be okay in certain situations to, you know, lambast your, you know, it's just like you wouldn't expect that to come from a, from an apostle over the pulpit, and so there's that, you know, like sudden rush of incongruity that you're like, whoa, right? You know, I, I think that's more of what's going on than than a, I, a validation. I, well, 
I, I agree with you. Glenn. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I would place way more of the blame on, on Packer for this one, because yeah. it, it, I mean, reading this closely, it, this is written humorously. Like he, he wanted, he knew people were going to laugh at this part because the way that he, and, and if you listen to the way that he delivers, I'm not condoning it, but I'm not omitting it. Yeah. He's hand. I mean, he knows that people are going to laugh at this and he is, Condoning that type of like of of group vilification of a you know the, a group of people and having a laugh at their expense. Yeah, right. But the, and this this also shows again his his naivety and, and myopia and not understanding the influence that he has to think that people won't wouldn't take him seriously with this because they will they have they do. Yeah, but he's 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 covering his ass by saying I don't recommend it. You know, so he can always go back to that. And sure, which is what makes him even more. I, I, yeah, I know, but but I mean, how many how many people do you know that actually went out and took this as a license to 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 beat up on homosexuals? Yeah, do you think that really happened? Hills of the world. Just um, what? Just the Mike Tannehills of the world. Yeah, well, Mike. Mike was my, like three years old when this came out. I hear no. But I, on my mission, I know. On my mission, I heard I heard elders talk about this this specific anecdote and talk about how they would do that. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, yeah. though. That, that's a good point, and I, right? And, 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 and referencing this specifically. Yeah. Well, yeah. can I can I read the criticism on the uh, Wikipedia page about this article? Okay. About this pamphlet, it this is because it's a quick little snippet about this pamphlet, and this is what this particular section that we just went over is what draws the most fire. And it says Packer's sermon encourages young male Latter Day Saints to quote vigorous, vigorously resist homosexual advance advances even with violence if if necessary. Yeah. In two thousand in two thousand one, gay Mormon historian D. Michael Quinn described the sermon as the low point in Mormon hierarchy's homophobia since the 1950s. Quinn argued that Packer's words constituted an endorsement of gay bashing and that the church itself endorses such behavior by continuing to publish Packer's speech. In 2000-2001, David E. Hardy, a Salt Lake City lawyer who is the father of a gay son, criticized the sermon for demonizing gays and implying that homosexuality is a matter of choice. I, I've, I've got to admit, I just felt the spirit, and I'm being serious about that. I, I, I recant what I said earlier. You're right. This, this is unacceptable to have in here. It really this is. is. Absolutely, this, this is absolutely disgusting and egregious. I, I mean, I can't believe that, that someone purporting to yeah. be a representative of Jesus Christ would say something like this. Yep. Okay, then, then uh, more more awful stuff that he says, and to, to me, this is the echo that, that you hear in, in that 2010 uh, October conference talk, where you know he says that no one was born into it. Why would Heavenly Father do something like that? You know, there is a falsehood that some are born with an attraction to their own kind, and that they can do nothing about it. They are just that way, and that is. That is a malicious, destructive lie. It is of the devil. No one is locked into that kind of life. From our premortal existence, we were directed into a physical body. There is no mismatching of bodies and spirits. Boys are to become men, masculine, manly men, ultimately to become husbands and fathers. 
No one is predestined to a life of perversion. Now, it should be mentioned in the audio, he heavily emphasizes this section. Yeah. He, he like, takes pauses. You can kind of see him glaring into people, in some of the young men's souls. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I, don't he's, like, I don't like this part. He's pounding the pulpit, and th- th- this is rewritten. And, and you know, he says no one is predestined to perversion, is what he says in the in the talk. But this one is perverted use of these powers, as if that makes it a little bit better or more clear or something. But, so would, would you say that, that that's a softening of the language? I think, yeah, I think that's a softening of the language because he's, he's not saying that the people themselves are perverts. He's saying that they're, they're perverting the, 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 the gift that God gave them of sexuality. And focusing on the act rather than maybe yeah. even the urges. Because if you can overcome it with your mind as he's been advocating, you're, you're win. Yeah. Well, he, he does specifically state it is of the devil. Yeah. Period. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, okay, so I want to kind of argue a little bit that I think he's kind of right. Not in the sense of, I mean, obviously not in the sense of like, no, nobody's born this way, that type of thing. But the the thing is, uh, I can really see where he says if somebody is born this way, and it is true that being homosexual is against God's plan, that completely. Destroy like those those ideas are so incompatible in my mind that I have a hard time wrapping my head around it. That a, a loving God would would create somebody that's literally that has a compulsion to do things that are completely against His will and just have to completely suppress themselves in every way. You know, well, in, why, in this huge part of their life. Why are you only applying that to homosexual urges? I mean, heterosexual urges you're supposed to master and control until the time is right, too. Why would why would a loving father give us those and have to deal with that? Or, no, or, you no, know, no. Or there's, other the, urges? there's no outlet for homosexuality. You can't even acknowledge it. Like, at least you can – it's not implicit. I mean, it, it's not a sin, an unconditional sin to just be attracted to people, you know, to be attracted to women. It's just bad to masturbate and have sex before you're married and that type of thing. But there is no outlet for homosexual attraction at all. I, I understand that. But why would why would a loving Heavenly Father put urges and desires in 12-year-old kids that they can't act on until they're, you know, 21 or older? Why would he, why would he do that? Why would he make them suffer for 10 years? Uh, that, that's much less egregious than like you can just never acknowledge this aspect of yourself. Yeah, it is. I, I agree. That's why. That's why I'm making a distinction. Okay, that, I, I accept your distinction, but still, why? Oh, okay. Why? Why would? Why would God do give people any urges that are contrary to the way that He wants them to live? And you can you can do a scale of that. That's fine. But why would He right. even to the smallest degree do that? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it all does fall apart anyway, but it especially falls apart if – I mean, I can understand why Packer is so adamant about this thing because it really it, – it, I, I think it fundamentally cracks the foundation of the idea of the plan of salvation for – to acknowledge that people can be born gay. Well, that's, that's not, true. Not, I, go ahead, man. No, I was going to derail this, so go. Oh, okay. I, I just want to say the, the one thing that I – just to kind of build off what you guys were saying, I just – he doesn't have any room for exceptions or anomalies. I mean we can talk about homosexuals. That's that's fine. But we're talking like hermaphrodites, uh, asexuals. This isn't just it, – it's it, – yeah, 
homosexuality is a minority, but it's not as it's not as rare as he's making it seem. And this binary thinking, where it's it's it, why would God create something that's is so rare? I, I don't know. It my mind my mind doesn't even. It's like it's out out and out rejecting this premise. So like when I hear you talking about this, Glenn, why, why would God create this? I, I get automatic nosebleeds now because my my freaking brain isn't wired to even accept that anymore because God didn't create these people. Right. So right. It's, that's why, that, yeah. yeah, evolution did. That's why there's anomalies. That's why there's exceptions. That's why there's, you know, right. not everybody's on the same playing field. You know, there, there's going to be people that have male and female genitalia. How how would Packer handle that? You don't you uh, don't think I'm you uh, don't think I'm arguing for God, do you? No, 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 no. I wasn't. No, no, no. I, yeah. Sorry, I, when I was listening to it, I was just my mind doesn't even process it like that anymore. Like, it's like I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, 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 I think I think I think Jake is is right that that uh, acknowledging that people can be born homosexual or hermaphrodite or transgendered or whatever really challenges it fundamentally challenges Mormon doctrine and the, and the plan of salvation. So you've got to oppose that, but. You know, how saying, do you, but how do you oppose it? It's a reality. You can't oppose something that's real. You, no, you, they no. do it all the time. Are you kidding me? No, what, 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 what I'm talking about, uh, Tom, is Packer has Sorry. to oppose it the way that he's doing in this talk. He, he has to say that's a lie because you can't accept that it's true and still have Mormonism be true. The, he, he, doesn't so have, he doesn't have room for that. Man. I, oh. Yeah, it is. I, well, I think that's what Jake was saying. It's totally problematic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is problematic, but I can see why he's taking that hardline stance against it, because it completely erodes the basis of the the theology. Yeah. No, you're you're you guys are right. You guys are right. I just I I have no room to understand that view anymore. Well, and it's like what you said is it. No, I was going to say exactly what you did, which is there are examples in the world that absolutely refute what he's saying, not just from Aphrodites, but you have, you know, now when they get into DNA and they know that there are the what is the XXYs or the YYX, whatever the, you know, where they start realizing, you know, it's more complex than even just penis vagina. But then you start getting into DNA, the, you know, the building blocks. And so these things aren't can't be refuted. Um, you know, it's, it's, Elder Nelson one time got up in conference and said, uh, one reason you know that it's a choice, homosexuality, is it's not found in the animal world. And, you know, biologists and geneticists and other people who actually know this shit, who are Mormons, who actually grew up with him, um, sent him a letter and said, you're wrong. You are yeah. fundamental. You are just wrong with your facts and he doesn't right. respond he certainly doesn't recant it and he certainly if that doesn't change his worldview yeah and and i think that i think the point that jake made is one reason why they have to reject the the evidence and stick to the the dogma you know stick to supporting the doctrine because otherwise things start to crumble and and my only point in saying that there's there's degrees of that like when you chase that rabbit down the hole you start going well why would God do it with anything? Oh, maybe there isn't a God doing it. That was, that was my, my point, that you come to that conclusion. I, I, I did. Right. Um, or, you know, if there is a God, he's not that kind of a God. That's not the kind of God that defines him. You know, so w- whatever God this God of Mormonism is, it, it just doesn't work. It doesn't right. fit. No, it's right. still, still Randy's line. Look, I'm not saying there's not a God. I'm saying beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know the Mormon God does not exist, you know? Mm. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. defined by this. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think, and I, and I remember Matt saying this at some point, and I really liked it. Um, I don't know if it was in this podcast or not, but basically, Mormonism only works for the perfect case. It just does not handle people that fall outside the norm of what what is considered typical or expected. Yeah. Yep. So if you fall outside of that, it's just like, oh, well, you get crushed in the wheels of the celestial clock or whatever. You know, oh, that makes me so frustrated. Even those who have been drawn into wicked practices and are bound by almost unyielding habits can escape. If one of you seems trapped into that, escape. Go to your father or bishop, please. Your parents, your bishop, the servants of the Lord, the angels of heaven, and the Lord himself will help redeem you from it. Young Latter-day Saints, do not tamper with these powers, neither with yourself alone, nor with any of your own kind. Never let anyone handle or touch those very personal parts of your body, which are an essential link in the ongoing of creation. Many of the world would, I am sure, be amused at this council. How about you guys? Are you amused by it? No, I'm disgusted. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's, that's uh, the thing. It really isn't just amusing. We, we sound like we're mocking, but we're really... It's, it is tragic that he yeah. has listened to by other people, by other boys, by other men, just other people. It's, it's a tragedy. It, it is, but I'm still amused. <laughs> I mean, the whole little factory thing. I mean, just well, that's, yeah, come on. Yeah, that, fun. that is yeah. funny. That is funny. So, so he's, but he gives us permission. Let them be amused. They live by another standard, a lower one. You know, classic us versus them. We're going to define ourselves by this demonized other group. You know, I, I, in my mind, I'm thinking, fuck you, Elder Packer, but I can't bring myself to say it. <gasps> <laughs> way to go there way, way to have that self-constraint man. yeah right it's, 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 it's the sure sign of my masculinity there. that i controlled right, myself right. right there that i yeah, didn't say about, what i just said let's talk about our standards um brother packard let's talk about which of us will advocate uh violence against other people yeah which of us will will you know will have caused people literally to commit suicide. So if that's your your standard, have it. Fucking have it. Yeah, well, you know, the Lord did command the Israelites to go in and wipe out all those people. You know, so he he's a vengeful Lord and uh, not just this loving hippie Jesus that you want to believe in. I'm assuming oh, yeah, another voice here, you know. That's right. So Mike, Mike Tannehill can keep his, uh, what was it, the javelin? You know, yeah. th- th- it's part of it. It's in there, right? No, it's it's the the Jesus that that cleared the temple, cleansed the temple. That's the violent Jesus that Packard right. gets a hard on over. Well, it's the it's you know, it, it, it's even more than that. It's the the Jesus of the last days of the judgment when the wicked are destroyed and there is stubble before him. And you know, he tells people in the New Testament, go and trade in your plow for a sword, and you know, I mean, things like that. He's not just this passive guy that we'd rather have him be if he was but yeah go ahead yeah. All, all, yeah. This, all the main re- all, all another reason not to believe in him 
Yeah, it, 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 we made fun of this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Righteous indignation is that what it was? Or, or no, yeah. we, we did righteous dominion. But I mean, this this whole idea of indignation that, that you can you can be angry and upset when it's the things that are trying to pervert the world. And you're right; it just fosters this uh, bullying, you know, justification of bullying and gay bashing and all kinds of stuff. It's awful. We live by the Lord's standard. And we'll continue to teach it. Yeah. I, I just, he just, you can't speak for the Lord for me. He just can't. Right. Yeah. But he's, but he's raising everybody up and lowering everyone else down. Yeah. It's a superiority thing. Right. Totally. Right. I, and I, I, I had this reaction of the doctrine and covenants at, at one point where, especially reading 132 uh, and going, you know what? This really doesn't, if this is actually the voice of the Lord, I don't like that Lord very much. It can't be. Like, this cannot be the voice of the Lord. Now, I, I feel the same way about Packer, the things that he says. Um, yeah. It's normal. Well, the, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go, uh, I was just going to continue. Yeah, yeah. You carry on. My, my thing can come many times. Okay. Yeah, all you have to do is <laughs> sit up. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. I just, uh, yeah, my little factory is running nice. Okay. okay. Now it is normal and proper for a young man to become increasingly interested in young women, to begin to date and eventually to pair up, and we encourage that. I, I hate that he said, we, the magisterium, encourage that. But be careful. Right. Like, like no one else does, right? right? Yeah, but it's but it's like it's okay because we told you guys that it's okay. We we right, we, we gave you permission. We 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 we, yeah. we the church. It, it absolutely does that. Yeah. But be careful. Keep your relationships with young women pure and chaste. Reserve those life-giving powers for marriage. Generally, a young man is physically developed for marriage long before he is emotionally or spiritually or materially qualified for it. In due time. When all things are in balance, you will be ready after you have kept yourself in physical control, after you are sufficiently mature emotionally and spiritually, after you have some material resources, that is the time for marriage. I, and, and some of this, I think, is good, good advice here, um, where he's saying, uh, you know, wait until you're physically, emotionally, and materially ready. You know, like how, how many members of the church don't take this advice that they get married, you know, as like freshmen at BYU when they haven't even graduated, they're not materially ready to be married, but they're doing it anyway. So <laughs> well, yeah, Glenn, good point. Glenn, good point. Glenn, emotionally, spiritually, and material, isn't that a three pattern? Come yeah. On, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. It is. What, what do you think I'm saying about three patterns, Tom? I know I'm. I'm taking notes. I'm. I'm listening to uh, Glennisms here. Yeah. Okay. It is. But I, I'm not just discounting things because they're three patterns. Okay. Okay. Then you can enter into the new, and everlasting covenant. You and your sweetheart will be sealed together for time and for all eternity. These sacred life-giving powers will then be released for your use. They will become a binding tie in your marriage. Through them, you will become a father. But for now, you prepare and follow the instruction in the scripture. Be ye clean who bear the vessels of the Lord. Blah, 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 blah. Anything more you want to say about this? So the only thing I want to say is we have that J. Reuben Clark um, 
you know, that mythos that uh, Glenn pointed out is, is likely just folklore and people love to point out. You don't need that because this is just as ridiculous as that. Well, oh, the Marky I mean, Peterson masturbation Marky one? Peterson, yeah, I'm sorry. Did I say Jay Rudin? Yeah, yeah, the Marky yeah. Peterson yeah. one that, that uh, as Glenn has pointed out, is, uh, is folklore and may not be uh, realistic or may not be real at least. And you don't need that. You don't need a, anything that's – you don't need a fictionalized thing when right. this, this <laughs> is right there for the taking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right, yeah. This thing is – it's egregious. It's egregious. Well, there's there's few things in Mormon history that make me, you know, extremely sick to my stomach, like the miracle forgiveness with the telling uh, rape victims um, you should die fighting um, instead right. of letting letting your chase your chastity be taken from you, and and then hearing this stuff where he says, I'm I, essentially, yeah, it's okay to gay bash. Um, I, I don't know, man. There's just a few things that really, really make me uh hate having any sort of mormon label on me you know it's like i'm yeah. i'm extremely embarrassed and humiliated from these kinds of words and these kinds of things being thrown out there to the church because and if you really think about it there is blood that has been shed because of these words like like matt talked about earlier there there have been Mormons that have committed suicide because of these things being uh, pushed out there by saying, you know, you need to not be gay and you need to keep your little factories in check and you need to date young women. And and if that's not their nature, then uh, I don't know. It just makes me really, really sick, dude. I mean, it started off really yeah. funny and now I'm like super sad and frustrated and angry. Yeah. I mean, it, it uh, I mean, in the, they're, they're, at the end of this whole section about homosexuality, you know, one of the final paragraphs is um, even those who have been drawn into it, uh, if you seem if you seem trapped into it, escape. Go to your father, or bishop, please. Your parents, your bishop, the servants of the Lord, the angels of heaven, and the Lord Himself will help redeem you from it. Which I mean, that that strength, the strength of that language is, you know, if somebody doesn't feel yeah. like they can overcome it, then they're they're falling short of. Look at look at the list of people they're falling short of. Well, and, um, and 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 think about the gays that go through all those steps, and then right, obviously nothing's changed, and then they feel right. even more. Right, it's like, well, I guess God or the angels don't give a shit because yeah. I've gone to everybody else. Everybody else that's real. <sighs> oh yeah. So well, I, I, and this is also this is also what causes those. Oh geez, what is the 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 little gay those 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 camps where they where they try to. Pray the, uh, the electroshock. Yeah, yeah, the pray the gay the way the electric shock, the the real savage and backwards and and nineteen twenties therapy that they try to do. This facilitates that. And it and that's why that this has facilitated so much harm and damage. Uh it, it just it does. It frustrates me. And and I, I think what ultimately happens with a lot of people, maybe not everybody, is that when they don't get these results that they were expecting from angels and God and, and everybody, they start thinking, what? then I'm the problem. 
I, I must right. not That's be exactly worthy. Right. Yeah. And you know, right. like, like I, I had that experience with my friend, you know, Kevin, that was in a wheelchair and had that blessing from President Kimball. You know, it wasn't it wasn't homosexuality that he was struggling with. It was the inability to walk. You know, and that every day because he had had this blessing and been told this same thing that angels and and God will make you whole. When when it didn't happen after a certain amount of time, you thought, "What's what's the problem? Is it me? It's got to be me. There's something wrong with me." And it, like just that whole, you know, like it, it seems in a talk like this, I know what he's doing because I did it as a missionary. You know, I, I I did it as a as a member of the church when I was teaching gospel doctrine classes or something, and I and I wanted to really hit a home run and get people to feel the spirit. And so you, you, you go there, you go for, for God and angels, and they will be there for you and help you. And, you know, the, the, just the ramifications of that along can be awful. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, uh, I don't know, I definitely fed into that, that mentality. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, I, I really fault the church for being, a lot of times I make fun of the church for being so milk toast and, and not, never really having the balls to come out and say, you know, things directly or really, you know, wield that mantle of, of prophetic authority. But in a way that's, that's almost kind of a merciful thing that they're doing is, is being so is, is not coming out and saying, I mean, if being the way they are now with this very lackluster bland stuff, if that displaces this kind of rhetoric, then I'm for it because this type of thing is, is, is incredibly destructive and, and awful. But I had this conversation with my with my brother over the weekend about um, homosexuality and about gay marriage, and it was, I mean, it, it, it was a it was a good. I mean, it, it, I think it was a fruitful conversation. Um, but he was coming at it from a very believing perspective with a lot of the typical kind of right wing talking points. And at the end of the conversation, I just I said the one thing about this that that just fills me with joy and happiness is that I know. That people that think like the people that have this idea are becoming fewer and fewer every day, and your mentality will die out and no, no longer exist. And I and I believe that. I think that 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 this type of thing, this idea that he's perpetuating now, thanks to the 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 movement forward that we're making in our society, this will die eventually. Well, yeah. It, I mean, education and information is killing this. This kind of right. uh, thinking. Yeah. Right. And it's happening all the time and it's all getting and it, it is getting better and they'll just they'll die out. We just have to run out the clock. <laughs> I wish we could make it sooner. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Well, we can end right now. Our podcast. <laughs> we got to do our alma mater. We yeah, must do our <laughs> alma mater. When I was a little bitty boy, my grandmother bought me a cute little toy. Silver bells hanging on a string. She told me it was my ding-a-ling-a-ling-o. ding a ling My name is Raven, and I'm a sophomore studying bioresource research at Oregon State University. Go Beavers!
My dad, Chad, introduced me to Infants on Thrones and great beer. We like to listen to the podcast for Family Home Evening while enjoying one of our very own home-brewed orange rye IPAs. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. We did. Now, anyone for the closing prayer? That is beautiful. You know what I heard? I heard, I hear two girls over here singing in harmony. That's all right, honey. This is a free country. Live like you want to live, baby. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to knock it, darling. Mm-mm. Yeah, freedom. Yes, sir. There's one guy right over here singing mine, too. That's all right, brother. Yes, sir. You got a right, baby. Ain't nobody going to bother you. Glenn, I really wanted to... <laughs> wanted to ask you a little bit more. So you seem to be implying here and there that you think that President Packer might either be closeted homosexual or that he's had some issues in his past. And you were like picking up on these things and hitting on it while we were doing the reading. Do you really think he's, I mean, say, say it for the record, obviously we're not going to put this in the podcast, but you think right. he's, do you think he's a closeted homosexual or I was, do you think I was pretty clear about it in, in, and what we said, like, I'm not recording anymore, but, but I mean, the, the part that we recorded last night, you asked this and I, I think the answer is pretty clear. I, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go so far as to say that he's a closeted homosexual because I, I, I think that means something different, but I think that in his younger years, he had, he had same sex attraction. I thought about us on a deserted island, not a deserted island. naked in the sea. Turn it off like a light switch there, it's gone. Good for you, my heterocyte, just my one. manly, masculine heterocyte. I'm all better now. Boys should be with girls, that's Heavenly Father's plan. So if you ever feel you'd rather be with a man, turn it off. Maybe he went through a period of experimentation? No, I don't think he ever right. acted on it. I think, I think he, I think he, he felt it. Him. Yeah, I think he, I think he felt it. He felt that it was wrong. Being gay is bad, but lying is worse. So just realize you have a curable curse and turn it on. And that he he uh, sung hymns to himself and he prayed and he fasted and everything that he's saying in here, giving advice, he did. And that he that at this point he like he's he's been able to uh, repress his sexuality to a point that you would look at him and say he's asexual now. Um, you know, he, he, he's got a wife, he loves his wife, he's got kids, grandkids, loves them, um, and, you know, doesn't, like, feel he's got anything to regret or remorse in not pursuing, uh, you know, any, any same-sex attraction that he had felt. But I, but I think he's, he's experienced this overcoming that that I, I'm just reading into it. I don't know. I don't know. But that that's what it seems like to me. That that what he's talking about is from experience. And the reason that he's so emphatic about it is because he has to be. He he ha- he has to say <laughs> this this piece of me that is so contrary to God and the plan of salvation can't be. It, God can't have made me this way. 
It, All right. it, it must have been the devil that was whispering things to me that I've been able to overcome. And any time that I get a little inkling of that, even now, it's just the devil whispering things to me and these actors appearing on the stage that I'm going to close the curtain. I, I mean, that, that's, that's what I think is going on with him. Imagine that your brain is made of tiny boxes. Then find the box that's gay and crush it! Okay. Latter-day Saint young men are not to do this. Physical mischief with another man is forbidden. It is forbidden of the Lord. They can do nothing about it. They are just that way. That is a malicious, destructive lie. I found it. I found it. I find that whole theory interesting because I I don't get that vibe, man. I I I get the vibe that he's either going off of experiences that, you know, other people have confessed to him, or I don't know. I I just get I just get the feeling that he's like an old curmudgeon. You know, he, he's just yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I think I think he's exactly what he's made himself into be, okay. and, and that 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 was his defense. I, I didn't. I didn't really think that until I I read this talk and I was looking at everything that's in it, and then as I was collecting clips for the you know the introduction the the I'm too sexy stuff, there are so many talks where he hammers this, so many talks, it's, and you know his his whole quote about the three uh, threats to the church. All right. You know, the, the intellectuals and feminists and so, you know, and, and or it was the so-called intellectuals, feminists and, and homosexuals, you know, I mean, it's just <laughs> so this this has been a thing that he's hammered and hammered and hammered over and over and over again. And I, I just think this is why. But uh, hmm. Dick Hammer. Yeah, I, I always thought I always subscribed to the idea that he's just asexual and he'd use anything related to penis and vagina, just icky. But I. I am more convinced that that is what he is now through years and years and years of repression yeah. as a result of this. So, so those things aren't mutually exclusive. That's yeah. a good, that's a good theory. I, I yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's um, fascinating. Do, do you guys know who <laughs> is? Do you guys have friends with her at all? I th- yeah, I believe so. Uh, I've I've met and talked to her several times. She's she's really really great, but her story is so crazy. She just got interviewed for a movie that's I think coming out or was it Sundance? I can't remember. But she's come out publicly as asexual, and I did not know that until she did the interview. And when she shares her experiences, because she was married for several years, and she she had mentioned that uh, her husband was very abusive you know, sexually and physically and everything like that. And she said that she was essentially raped by this guy over and over again. And she, and then in the interview, she talks about not having any desire for sex ever. Mm. Like she felt like she was obligated to perform for him, but you know, that, it was, that sounds like something that's some, learned the, something that's through experience that not, that not, you know, a natural Thank you. <laughs> experiences. I, I, I'm hearing echoes of Elder Packer there. I know I what she it. needs. What she needs is a nice man just to give it to her. 
Right. He's a good dick. <laughs> she needs a manly man with manly sensibilities and manly discipline. Well, but I, I mean, I think that what he would say is that th- this is one of the dangers of men who don't control their temper the way that they're supposed to. They they aren't righteous in the way that they interact with their... This is the collateral damage that could come from... I, I think that's what he would say, and he'd probably be right to some degree. Although I don't know... I don't know if she was asexual going into it or if it was conditioned as a result of uh, repetitive abuse. I, I don't know. But, but see, this is the thing. Let, let, let's just say, for sake of argument, that she's biologically asexual, like from the get-go. She just doesn't have any sex drive because there are people like that right. out there. Sure. Yeah. So let's just say that that's a possibility. If there was evidence that were that was brought to Boyd K. Packer saying, listen, this is this is not... This is not her choice. You see here, these. this is her genes. This is her biology makeup. She has zero sex drive, like zero. God created her this way, man. So So, what? So what? It doesn't, yeah, it's, 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 so your God, your God is bullshit. No, no. I think you need a sex drive in order to reproduce. You don't need to enjoy it. You just got to do it. So you're saying that... Clock in and then clock out when it's over. You yeah. don't have to enjoy it. Just, just, just lay there for thirty seconds. Oh my gosh, that is horrible. It's like a factory, it just needs to be created. Well, no, but, but like, but the, but the woman's role is to be a mother, and and mother being a mother is more than just birthing the child. It's raising two thousand stripling warriors, and you know, so whether she's sexual or asexual like the whole role of mother is pretty asexual in oh, organism true. you know look at the garments exactly yeah exactly so you don't have like so so what if she's asexual go be a mother fulfill the measure of creation yeah, I, I think i think that packer would be less i think he would be less freaked out by that because it'd be like well at least you're not going to get into trouble like the, the sins of commission are always viewed as worse than the sins of omission so if you don't you know enjoy sex if that's seen as like not you know not fulfilling god's plan in some way that's better than not fulfilling it in a way where you actually have sex when you're not supposed to rather than the opposite i know but i don't i don't i don't i don't think that packer looks at any anything short of highest degree of celestial kingdom as an acceptable goal. Like he, he, he would admit, yeah, there's people that are going to be ministering angels and maybe she'll be one of them, but that's her choice. So she, that's her choice, right? She's making a choice to not marry and not fulfill the measure of her creation because she doesn't have enough faith that if she prays and fasts and experiences that, that God will, make you know help her to change and heal this this is the the struggle that she's been given in mortality to to deal with and you just got to put your shoulder to the wheel push along endure to the end and- who is he who is he to say that this is a struggle she was given and she should be more like the rest of us because we don't because <laughs> he's got he's got this narrative of the scriptures this narrative of the gospel and she's just a character in the narrative she's not a real person with real biological you know, <laughs> impulses or needs. Oh or my gosh, that is some scary shit. You're right. Glenn. Every, You're right, every but, single uh, person on this earth has to overcome the trials that they've been given. There's a multitude of trials that people could have, but you've got to overcome them. This is hers. 
this is it's so freaky that you can channel him because that's yeah you're right but that just scares the shit out of me really you know and you've, you've just summed up mormonism which is pretending to focus on the individual while absolutely ignoring that the individual exists that is a faceless you know, I think of those kids in uh, in the Pink Floyd, The Wall, where they become those those they get those masks, and it's just this faceless person, and that's really what everybody is yeah. to the church, and has to be to work to, in order for it to work. Yeah, I I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't keep record on because this has been some good stuff. Yeah, this is, this has been pretty pretty darn good. Did somebody say that they were recording? I was I've I've been recording, but oh really? My, yeah. Cool. No, yeah. I don't well, see. well, Tom, put put it up, and I'll I'll like do an extended Easter egg or something. We'll have a three hour podcast. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is a good one to do it on, man. This one just this is this stuff's gold, Jerry. Gold. Gold. Thank you for listening to Infants on Thrones. Infants on Thrones.